Death is not, of itself, an evil thing. It is the fate that meets us all, whether pauper or king. It is the great leveler, the end that comes to all things. More than that, it is the bridge between a vibrant, mortal lifespan and the solemn afterlife awaiting us in Shyish. Were the natural order of things allowed to unfold, our destinations would likely be those which our hearts held most true. In most cases, we Lumineth would find them peaceful and reflective. We would go to the lands of lost light and dwell in quiet harmony. Yet that inheritance has been seized from us. Our paradise has been stolen and made hellish. The realm of death has become a twisted thing, tortured and turned upon itself. Its sanctity has been polluted by settlers and conquered by the greed of the malignancy known to men as the Great Necromancer. The lesser gods of Shyish too have been consumed. A soul there is not safe, for under the rule of Nagash it may be remade into a revenant so foul it could stop the heart. Now, Shyish is a land twice cursed and those who should have found nirvana upon their death now find only hostile purgatory. Worse still, Nagash seeks to tighten his grip. Even beloved Hish has felt the cold winds of necromancy billowing across it, specters by the thousand flowing where they may. In this, Nagash has overreached. In this, he has sealed his own doom. For we Lumineth have taken up our blades and gone to war. The long work of salvation has begun. Welcome to the garage, you tools, for the next couple of hours. I'm going to do my best to keep you informed, entertained, and have a few laughs along the way. Bringing you Techless, Nagash, and all the little people fighting around them. I'm David Whitech, and with me to open the show, as usual lately, is Lindsay, the albino-Canadian hockey puck. Say hello, Lindsay. So, Lindsay informs me that um, she hasn't been reading any of the books, so she is not going to stick around this episode. We're going to have another guest host and friend of the show. Um, before we get to Techless, the Broken Realms book Techless, uh, just want to do the basics. Thank our sponsors, Chaos Orc Superstore, Chaos Orc Superstore, Chaos Orc Superstore, Chaos Orc Superstore, Chaos Orc Superstore. Six Squared Studios for all your basing needs, and now they're doing 3D printing, um, all sorts of cool 3D printing. You have to either own the, the, the program or have the rights to it they're not just going to do illegal work for you but they do and they've been partnering with lots of people there's lots of cool stuff check out their website six the number six squared studios.ca um also grognard games in roselle illinois because there's always something happening at grognards um and, uh, oh, next episode, uh, Todd, the owner of Grognards, is going to come on telling you guys all about, because now that there's they have gaming going on, and they've got lots of cool stuff happening. So Todd is going to come on and talk a bit about what's going on at Grognards. Uh, what else? What else? Oh, Patreon. Our Patreon sponsors. I want to thank 
each and every person who has joined Patreon, uh, whether you are a current or past member. I know with with the world the way it is, some people have had to drop the little luxuries like like throwing away good money on a free podcast. Um, but thank you all. And if you're considering it, I urge you to check out patreon.com slash garage hammer. And maybe you can become a Patreon sponsor like our associate producers, Dwight Sims, Christopher Sanders, AJC, Opie, and Big Jake, or our executive producer, Colin Miller, or our newest patrons, Scott Valentine and Jamie Reader. Um, thank you all, every last one of you. And uh, again, thank you, Scott and Jamie, for deciding to join here, uh, all becoming part of the almost 1% who make this show and everything that we do on this show possible. Um, like uh, listening to voicemail. Uh, we haven't had any in a while. But if you wanted to call and leave a voicemail, it might show up on the air. You just have to call the phone number 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. That's 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. If you're an international caller from most countries, dials out, dial 00. And then 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. And then you can leave a voicemail and it'll be on the show. All right, cool. So uh, take a break, play some commercials, come back. Uh, I may bunch up a couple commercials this week, I think, because there's some cool readings I want to throw in, and I know we're not going to have nearly enough commercial breaks uh, unless I break like every 25 minutes, which I'll forget to do because I'll be busy talking about this book because it's cool. Of course it's cool. Yeah, like I'm going to say something else. Like if, if you know me and you talk to me about this ever or you've listened to the show at all, you know, everything is awesome. That's kind of how it is. I'm kind of like that dorky guy from the Lego movie. All right, cool. So we'll take a break. We'll come back and we'll jump in with our uh, guest host, uh, Chuck, uh, as soon as we come back. Right, folks, Chaos Orc Superstore, your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chessex Dice, and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War, Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted boarded miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to you, because at Chaos Orc Superstore, what you see is what you get. Hey, check out that guy in the Garage Hammer shirt. Who cares about him? Look at that guy with the Garage Hammer hoodie. That's right, guys. Nothing tells the ladies I'm one of the gaming elite like garage wear. So hurry to garagehammer.net slash store, and soon you'll be the guy at game night that all the gamer chicks are talking about. Remember, boys, first you get your gear, then you win all your games, then you get the chicks. That's right, boys. The only gamers we notice are in Garage Gear. Thank you. 
And we're back. And okay, so uh, Lindsay is off on her merry way. And uh, I am going to bring in our guest. Uh, he was mentioned during the uh, Daughters of Cain episode. Uh, he's a good friend of the show and a, a pillar in the Warhammer community. Please welcome to the show my good friend, Chuck Moore. Chuck, thanks for coming on and talking, uh, talking techless with me. Dave, if I would have told the younger self, a younger self version of me, that I would eventually be on Garage Hammer talking to you, I would not believe myself. I would probably hit myself like, "No, you're crazy. Go away." <laughs> <laughs> it's a joy to be here. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm so glad you're able to be here. Now, if anyone who missed the the episode um, where we did talk uh, Daughters of Cain, um, Chuck is a a well-known Daughters of Cain aficionado, has his own army, has written up his own uh, history for his favorite character, Tayrathi, who, when we talked about that, suddenly there's a Tayrathi that I'd never seen before in the Daughters of Cain <laughs> lore. I'm not saying that the guys at Games Workshop took his character, but he has been known to cosplay as this character at tournaments. <laughs> and uh, Only twice. <laughs> hey, that's, that's won an award once. That's all I need. Hey, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I just uh, I'm I'm so glad to have you on the show. Now, Techless, this mm -hmm. book, holy mackerel! Um, I'd like to. Yeah. Okay, um, I'm going to give just the general, the, just the gist of the book first. I try to I try to do that with these. I do it more with the um, with the uh, battle tomes, but in this one, basically. If you want to get uh, the the quick version, they go all the way back to the Necroquake again. Necroquake mm -hmm. happens. Stuff's getting crazy. In the land of Hish, they attack one of the big cities that is uh, mostly humans live in, in Hish, but it has been founded and is helped grow by the elves. Mm -hmm. um, and they get attacked by the Night Haunt. The elves come in, uh, fight. Teclas shows up. Gets really mad, goes and taunts Nagash. Oh, uh, not not you're skipping a very important part. Teclas shows up and and literally removes the curse of death from these these night I guess night haunts. That oh, are well, I was going to get into the yeah, we're oh, going to okay, get into the minutia. Okay, I'm just sorry. giving the big general overview because that that no, I'm not skipping that. Oh, that was I was telling Harrison about that. He's like, can he do? Is there anything he can't do? I'm like, apparently not. This is Teclas. I know. Once. Uh, so he taunts Nagash, and him. It, basically, this whole book is him and Nagash having it out. Nagash, uh, you know, he Teclas goes into uh, Shyish and starts cleansing it, basically. Mm -hmm. And then Nagash gets mad, and he sends all of his Mortarks into different realms to pull off his new ultimate plan. And in the end of the book, Teclas and Nagash uh, basically have a, have a showdown. It's like God of, God of War battles, but with uh, with with magic. Yeah. <laughs> now I will say this: um, this is the second book in the Broken Realm series, mm -hmm. and if and if I'm being honest, the first book, Marathi, and I'm I'm assuming you like it better because there's a whole lot of Daughters of Cain in there, and there isn't in this book. Uh, I it, think it's a. It was much more personal. <laughs> <laughs> I think the story on that one is just more interesting. There seems to be more, uh, there's more groups involved, more people involved, and it just seems to be more happening. This is, this feels much more straightforward, I think. 
then well it kind of yeah it, it plays into like the the, the lead character so marathi is all about that manipulation so she's going to subterfuge and like you're not going to know what's going on the whole way through and whereas teclas it's like this is teclas's show you know he's got the ego he, all, all lights on him as he goes through and, and takes care of business. Mm-hmm. I think it kind of just reflects the certain characters as, as uh, in a lot of ways. But you are right. There was a lot a lot more strings being played in Marathi than there is in this book. Yeah, I mean, just the, the, the twists and turns in Marathi. The, you didn't, it, it seemed... Well, I'm not saying there was no surprises in this book because, oh boy, there was yeah, a there few is. surprises in this book. And they're huge. But as far as just the straightforward nature of the story, I thought this one, I enjoyed it immensely. Mm-hmm. But I thought that as just as far as uh, the quality of this, the story in general, it was, Marathi was a much more interesting story. I think that's what it is. It's more interesting because there was just more nonsense happening in that story. Yeah, and there was definitely, like, with, with Marathi, uh, enacting her plan, also perfuge, gaining godhood, and eventually capturing Amagard, making it harker on. There was like a story arc for her. There was like an overarching, like uh, you know, like a, you know, the rise, the climax, conclusion, all that sort of stuff. Right. Whereas this, it, it feels like it's part of a larger story that you were going to st- still see played out in the future. It doesn't feel like there there was a conclusion here, but it doesn't feel like a hard conclusion like we got in Marathi. Well, and Marathi had sort of this sort of real goal. I mean. I'm not saying Teclas and Nagesh don't have goals, but they're two gods clashing. You you'd kind of you, you get an idea of this is going to go. It's only a couple of ways this story's going to go, and it's not like mm-hmm. either of them are going to have some big revelation and have big character changes. You know right. what I'm saying? You're not going to get your protagonist isn't going to go through a huge change in this. They're you know. Yeah, yeah, and like I said, Marathi had tangible goals: godhood, capture this city. Teclas's goal is hope. And and Nagash's goal is Nagash be be Nagash. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it's whatever yeah. that means. Yeah, I mean, if you're gonna give him a goal other than just being what he always is, you know, he he there, he has a new reason to be upset. I mean, people talk about the the Dwarden having their book of grudges. Oh, great yeah. googly moogly. I mean, Nagash. Not only does he have grudges, but he never lets them go, and now he's got a new reason. Well, he doesn't have any books to write it in now. <laughs> as we'll as touch upon later. Oh man! All right, so let's 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 jump into this, okay? So, um, Settlers' Gain is the name of the the town in in Hish where this is starting, okay? And it's it's actually very interesting that they they reference the Glimsford stories from from some of the earlier books. And how, um, you know, they sent their guys in, some of the ward, the runes and the wards to keep all the undead things out have been tampered with. So they've, they've gone in and weakened the city for this attack uh, before it even happens. But then you get the attack, and it's the Night Haunt. And the Night Haunt are coming in, um, riding through stuff. I think the thing in this part that I found the most interesting was as they're attacking, first of all, the humans were invoking Sigmar, but some of them were invoking Teclas, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. he actually shows up in the city on the battlefield, unlike Sigmar. So you've actually got a more tangible god to pray to. Yeah, it, the the interesting thing that like I think to keep in mind, this is 
the city's in Hayesh, and the feeling I get is nothing exists in Hayesh, no matter if it's, you know, Dwarden, human, elven, whatever, uh, unless the Lumineth say it's supposed to be there, and they're going to have a hand in it. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, like I, I, I could definitely see like even though they might pray to Sigmar, maybe they're just the, those are the newest people. They haven't really learned <laughs> what they should be doing. But after this, they're going to see like, oh, you know what? I'm going to worship that thing in the sky that I can see instead right. of that star that I think is a god there, maybe. Well, and because there's no stormcast here. No, no, and no one of the key. one of the really uh, one of the parts I liked was this whole idea of. You know, because the Nighthawk come in and they're ethereal and it's hard to hurt them. Anyone who's like, and plus they have that whole aura with her and the gloom and with, uh, you know, Lady Olinder. Here, if you're afraid and you attack them, like if you're, if you're feeling fear, nothing happens. But the guy, it says here, as, as you know, those who steeled themselves, who found courage in invoking Sigmar or Teclas come to that, struck true and watched the spirits dissipate into nothingness. So it's it's this... It's that bravery, that pureness of heart, that that standing up against this this implacable, terrifying foe. And if you can still keep that bravery, you can hold them off. And they're doing pretty well, actually. And then mm-hmm. they're at least able to hold them until the Dawn Riders show up, and all of the and then all the all the elves start showing up. And um, yeah, and I, I do find it really interesting, just as like a side note, because remember the from the old world, the the Elven Pantheon, like you know how the names are power, like you know we still see that with the demons, but when Selenar arrives mm-hmm. from on high, and you know at the at the at the worst part when like all hope is lost, Selenar arrives and speaks a word of power, Teclas. It's like okay, so now all these Elven, like all the gods' names, are they all powerful words now that, like that's the first time I've seen it mentioned that the gods' names were now power. A names, word of power. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. interesting. Um, my name is a killing word. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, it's, it, and, and the, this, and you mentioned it before and it's it, the, the word hope is in here several times in these first couple of pages, you know, like this oh, is yeah. really just coming in here with that idea of, and that's what's interesting is, is for, well, you know, you've got the collegiate arcane coming out with with their battle wagons and 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 their magic and they're all fighting and they're doing well but there's just so much undead coming right. at them and it's then, like the unending tide of death yeah and I spoke a clear and singular word a name with such power it could move mountains and then it is techless and mm-hmm. he pulls some crazy stuff first of all um Oh yeah, the, <laughs> why don't you tell it? Because you brought it up already. What he does to these guys? Oh yeah, so he's just floating on high, just just nuking these night haunt out of existence, left and right. And they go, oh well, we can fly. We're ghosts. So they start riding, you know, on their, their steeds or just flying up to Teclas. And he's like, oh, okay, you're dead. He, that's a that's a that's a magical curse in his mind with what um, Nagash has done to them to torment these souls to become night haunt. And he just undoes that curse and they all become living flesh again humans uh elves or whatever they were they're just mortal riders again yes right he cares enough to remove nagash's curse and then lets all these people and horses and whatever they were in the sky fall (laughs) and here's the thing on the cover there's tech tech harrison and i always joke about this this cat never smiles like he is eternally grumpy. He is the emoist of all the elves, <laughs> right? Like he just can't. And 
if you're reading this, okay, uh, you know, their hollow voices called out the name of the great necromancer, hoping to invoke his protection. A tiny smile appeared on the mage god's mm-hmm. thin lips, his eyes glowing bright. And so he reaches out, and, just, and then they just drop from all the way up there and splat, and he just smiles like, okay, I've got, you're not, you're not expecting this. <laughs> so this, much fun. And, and like this pristine city, I'm thinking like, days a week later this pristine city who cleans that up <laughs> not the elves well you know those you know those humans are going what about like, the hey, people you guys, you guys fighting on the ground you're sitting here fighting against just chain rasps and stuff you're going through they're dissipating all of a sudden <laughs> could you picture the exclamations that we can't say on this show come what would you do if a horse and a dude just landed on the sidewalk next to you and then exploded like <laughs> maybe, maybe that's the part. That's the exact moment when when a majority of the people that said Sigmar were going, uh, "Techless, yes, Techless." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's uh, the moment. <laughs> that was that was just so great. So they they he totally saves the place, um, and then and then he astral projects into Nagash's throne room, where mm-hmm. the guys who ran away and went back home. To, tell, to report on what happened are afraid to tell him and he's like I want to know exactly what happened and he technically shows him he's like I'll tell you and Nagash <laughs> is so pissed he's just like oh you're dead and he's like and, and, and Nagash is great and, and Tekla's like uh, we're all going to die but uh, I've already been told I'm, that I'm not going to die by your hands so whatever for you just like that the cockiness of Teclas against the just seething rage. It's yeah. fantastic. Don't, don't forget, too, that Teclas did die once already. He died at the very end of the end times. So maybe he's not afraid of death now? I don't, did don't really, he die don't, or did he just get sucked into the realm gate? He, the, when he... Whenever the they were trying to pour, including Nagash being there, pouring all the energies from the winds of magic into the the, the realm sphere that was opening the the third rift on the planet, right? He kept, like as different people just died because they couldn't handle it. He would just take it, and as soon as he grabbed the third wind of magic, he just disintegrated to dust, and like his soul was sucked through the portal. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. But did he die, or was his body just trashed, and then he reformed in the other realm? Well. I guess that's the, that's the whole it, thing with this it, this whole soul wars. Like, what is death? Is it like and, and like I mean, he took souls like in this in this scene we just spoke of before, and he made them human again. So what is death in this place anymore? Who knows? That's actually a pretty good question because I wasn't even thinking about the ramifications of the fact that he just was disintegrated, mm-hmm. and it's like oh, he just showed up on this end because he just because he got sucked through and was reformed. Interesting, because you'd think if he died, mm-hmm. he'd still be like like Nagash would have some sort of control over him. <laughs> I, it's well. It's it's also weird with the nature of Tyrion and Teclas, where Tyrion appeared first and wandered to the realm's edge, and then passed out after a certain point, woke back up, and then Teclas was next to him. Yeah. So it's like, like, yeah. It's it's. There's a lot of unknowns. We'll never probably get answered. Thankfully, we need those non unknowns. I like the unknowns, although I'm wondering if some of this gets answered if Tyrion ever shows up. Hmm. Because I'd like to think he's going to show up at some time. Like, I'm not trying to rush it. I'm still, I mean, you know, we, bought, <laughs> we bought a full army of uh, Lumineth Realm Lords, and now we've only there got go. half the models. So I'm going to need, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, I understand. I understand. I'm, I'm there, too. So we're building, here there. we're having to, you know, 
I don't need it that quick. Plus, the new the new Death Army is coming out, and we all know that that's that's I love the Death Armies. So, yeah, I'm, I'm my 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 uh, my wallet is crying at me. It's like <laughs> you have to pay for school and stuff. Do you remember school? Paint your stupid LRL. Oh, sorry, wallet. <laughs> you are correct. Okay, beats you over the head. Yeah, no kidding. Um, okay, so what happens next is fantastic. Um, we jump back to the part, um, from, uh, what's it called? I forget which book that was. Why, why am I blanking on the name? But it's when, uh, Catacross went to go attack the eight, the, uh, eight points. Oh, Wrath of the Everchosen. Sorry, yeah, Wrath of the Everchosen. Yeah, so this is also the time that's going on. Mm-hmm. Because while he's off there getting ready to, uh, or sacking Archeon's realm, and Archeon is out trying to free... Um, Slanesh. Yep. Uh, decides to head on into this place. Now, one of the things that Teclis and this is this was interesting because uh, you know they're they're trying not they they're trying to sort of open the plan up slowly, like not make it too obvious. Mm-hmm. But basically, Teclis goes, "I could attack the Asiarch, you know, main fortress, but that's their main fortress. Like they're not going to lose that." Why yeah, did I go and, attack this thing? <laughs> and with his theme of hope, he's not about crushing them and, and destroying them utterly. He's just about sending a message to all the followers of order. Yep. That these these guys can be beaten. Stop because because death's been rampant for how many years unknowns with with the soul wars going on ever since the necroquake. So it's like, no, no, it's that time is over. Now's the time for us to fight back. Is kind of what he's trying to do. Right. And and this and this attack is this this battle is pretty cool like mm-hmm. like and and you expect it kind of jumping back and forth but without lots of other people jumping in you know it's got to just it's all sort of laid out and it's you know it's your typical fantasy sort of battle go- with it with with the you know with the you know who's who's winning sort of the balance of the scales tipping back and forth back and mm-hmm. forth but he decides to go after this area that is a Nexus of magical ways protected by three fortresses of smooth bone. All of these fortresses, with it, it looked like you know the tops of giant statues of of the Mortarks mm-hmm. of of Catacross There, you know this is this place in the Asiarch Empire, and he is going to not just go and destroy these 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 fortresses and destroy these statues, but then there's this is this is a, a magical nexus that he can now start messing with. Right, and you, the people you know uh, who are fans of uh, the Ozuk Bone Reapers, when you read the description of this place, you know where your ties and your taxes have been going. They're not building roads for you; they're building their own castles and statues. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, it's interesting that they they basically find a place and they come out through a lake, which is just it's almost got this Arthurian sort of. Mm-hmm. Uh, look to it. So it's you know it's it's sort of in a valley. It's between some mountains. It's that's it's a it's a gate that's that's not that well, you know. Like people don't realize it's there. It's on the bottom of the lake, and all of a sudden, all yeah, these yeah, I elves. Yeah, I think it said that no one knew it was there except for Teclas. Yeah, I think it was like such a hidden one. Yeah. Right. And so they come out and they start grabbing, you know, they they secure the area, and then um, and then. The rest of these guys start coming, and then comes out. Finally, at the end, Teclis himself mm-hmm. comes out. Um, they 
just head right, and they just come in and start wrecking stuff. <laughs> it, what I what I love is is it, Teclas is essentially like uh, bringing the shrines, that, bringing mountains with him to attack with, flying fortresses. He he knows his enemy. The the what what's the one thing that you don't see in the Ozioke Burn Reapers? You don't see stuff that flies. So he's like, all right, I'm gonna attack from the air. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just like deal with it. And and that's and they're they're literally as you put out there there's just big chunks of the mountain that are levitating. There are entire units and troops flying in on giant rocks, giant flat, huge, massive, heavy pieces of rock are flying through with all of these, um, with all of these uh, realm lords on it. Yeah, go ahead, shoot shoot a catapult at it. Oh, oh wow! <laughs> right. <laughs> But but there, you know it, there is uh, some stuff that happens that's not a perfect fortress that Teclas is bringing about. No, it's not. And and what's and one of the things that they start doing right away is you know they're shooting their arrows, they're taking things out from the skies. But then the Caligrave rune mages and you, you, all the new characters get a little a little mm-hmm. something to do here. But they are now. If you know the Caligrave rune mages, they're the, some of the new units, and these guys actually will they're. I mean, calligraphy is in their name. Uh, mm-hmm. They write out these perfect runes that are imbued with magic, and they can use them. These guys are dropping giant uh, runes, icons of sanctity onto the ground. They're purify. They're sanctifying this unholy, you know, deathlands, and they're they're changing the actual makeup of the realm itself they are literally going through and sanctifying and cleaning up what nagash has turned it into because the realm of death wasn't always like this mm-hmm. you know i mean this is this is nagash's doing changing it so it all feeds directly to him and with his corruption and his way of seeing it and this is part of that is it's like it's like no the realm it's it's not that the realm of death is a bad place in and of itself we all go there when we die it's what it what has happened to it and techless yeah, yeah. is like this is the source of your power i'm going to go and start taking it away from you yeah and what i like too is they're not doing essentially like counter magic or putting in the power of hayish on the ground they're just doing it says like they're calling it the null magic they're just like no just it's just, they're just cutting the cords they're just making it so like this is no longer feeding back into the uh, Shayish Nadir to to to, to uh, Nagash. It's just like right. nope, you're cut off from this. We're gonna fix this now. It was that's that. Oh, and I think it's, it's I think it's later in the story. They actually say that as they're laying down some of these, and Teclas is dropping them too, and as he's laying them on these places. Yeah, it's actually staking them to that place so they're no longer being drawn in. It's literally it's like stapling them in mm-hmm. place so that they can't so that as as all these realms are slowly getting sucked towards the center into the like you said into the Shash Nadir, they can't they're they're, they're not going there anymore. And that's cutting mm-hmm. off his power and that's this is really interesting. It's I mean, we're just used to every I mean, at least I am. I mean, when you got a problem in in the mortal realms, you go to war. I mean, they're going to right. war now, but it's not. I'm going to go and blast your your thing and destroy your stuff. It's I'm going to go and I'm going to cleanse your land. There, he's actually taking a different tack, and this was the part of the book that I really found really interesting was the way he's going about it. It's not so much I have to destroy you. It's I'm just cutting off at your power bases and 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 cleansing this land and putting it back to what it was. 
Right. Which is really different from every other god we've seen. So, like, uh, look at Brokerom's Marathi whenever she opened the Genesis Gate for the Stormcast and Daughters of Cain to go through initially, and that flood of water a purifying uh, Gyran energy came through, and it just changed the land back to, to life from right. the chaos. Every other thing is trying to fight over, like, no, my power, my power. And he's just like, nah, this is this is Shyish's power. It's just going to be what Shyish's power should be, not what this guy's corrupted it into. It's it's really just it's a different take on on how God's going to battle in different realms. Yeah, and and I'm and I'm really enjoying it, and uh, I think it's kind of cool that it's he's not trying to. Teclis is weird and different because, yes, he's sort of exerting his will over things, which all the other gods are doing as well. But it feels like as he's trying to do it, he's not he's, he's trying to restore the natural order, the natural balance of things. He's not trying to make it. He's not trying to turn it into into Hish or Hyish or whatever. He's just right. trying to turn it back into Shyish. Well, it, like I said, this. I'm going to go way back into his old character because I, I, I guess because you've had some 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 co-hosts and some guests on in the past uh, who feel Teclis is the village idiot. And I am fully <laughs> against that. I'm a big fan of Teclis. I'm um, glad because, I yeah, Harrison yeah. <laughs> and I love him, you know, like I, I was a high elf player back in eighth edition. And it was just like immensely love that. Um, but if you look back what he did in the old world, he was never trying to win for Ulthuan whenever he's trying to stop the end times. He was doing what no one else was willing to do to try and just keep everything the same. Yeah. He was trying to like, just like, no, no, like, I we have Ulthuan, you have this. But then he started having the sacrifice. It was interesting. But like, Teclis is, is, is this character that's always going to do what it takes to make sure that the, the balance and what things should be remain that way. And I, I just, like I said, this this represents how he would do it. He's not going to go in and be here, here we're high-ish annex part one. It's like, no, no. He's just like, you're just normal shyish now let's go keep fixing the rest yeah i think it's I, and i think it's great in fact you know a lot of people sit there and say that you know everything he did in the end times was pointless that he was never going to get it done um but if you if you and i'm just jumping way ahead but there's a little box in part two about manfred and it literally talks manfred um you know, t he did this uh, at the end of the cataclysm that was the end times. Manfred cut down the one man that could perhaps have averted the catastrophe. Like they're talking about how they could, they they were working on it. It, it mm -hmm. could have, it could have worked. Yep. You know, except everyone and everything kind of screwed him over. But no, he's he that's he's trying to save. You know this this idea of the way things are supposed to be this natural order. Right. Now is mm -hmm. he is he conceited and haughty? And, yes, and, yes, yes, he absolutely <laughs> is. He's a god, though. I mean, you know, even before he was a god, he was this way. Now that he's a god, you think he's going to change? No. He's a he's a, it's a very interesting mix where he is a very stoic individual, except for the fact that he does not know how to turn off his ego, which ego is the enemy. You know, Marcus Aurelius, all that stuff. So it's it's really interesting. <laughs> it's like. He's stoic, except for this one flaw of his ego that is just turned up to 11. <laughs> right. So as we go through this, um, one of the interesting parts is, so they get in towards these things. And of course, of, of course, the giant statues start to move. Alive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they and they start smashing all the bold, the flying, you know, the flying uh, pieces of mountain. Mm -hmm. And and this is where the battles start kind of going back and forth. And. 
I don't think we need to detail every aspect of the battle. Uh, I, there are stuff. That, there are things that stand out that are fun, and they bring in a lot of the new characters. Um, and once again, <laughs> the battle is joined across a dozen fronts on the metaphysical level as well as the material. Teclas raised an eyebrow in surprise as the baleful energies of death magic, assail magic assailed him from all sides, and winged construct converge on him. And I, he found himself having to focus on a dozen arcane duels simultaneously. As Selenar tore into the Morgast, gradually he gained the upper hand, his spells burning out one member of the Mortis and Priesthood after another. Teclas is fighting 12 magical battles at the same time. Mm -hmm. And it actually it caused him to raise an eyebrow. It, this, he, he, he didn't sweat quite yet. There's nope. no sweat upon the brow, but he had to think for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, the, and, and the fight, I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting, and I did have a lot of fun reading, and the fight goes back and forth. They stop in the middle of the battle to talk a bit about Teclas um, and give some of his background and that interesting information. Actually, I, I really like this bit. Um, it's, it's page 18 for anyone who might be following along at home, hasn't read it yet. But mm -hmm. um, there is such a good amount of lore that you don't need to go into super detail. Like I, in my blog posts and like my podcast, I've gone into super detail about these guys' history because I love the elves, all the elves, Teclas, you know, uh, uh, they're Tyrion, Marathi, yeah, Ariel. I love their stories and what they did, and I'm glad that we're seeing some of that being shown here in these these like a blurb like this. We didn't really get that in Marathi, um, right. but. These characters have such great depth that you can pull from and see their character and how it kind of increases to here without it being so you, do, you could go overburdensome if you want to, but you don't have to. So I'm glad they're putting these in just as, as a side. Um, and if I'm going to point anything out in this, it's at the top of the second column on page 19. The alliance between Teclas and Sigmar has not always been smooth. Sigmar's bombastic and direct approach to the war against Chaos rankles greatly with both Tyrion and Teclas, who could not help but see in him the bearded, roaring barbarian of the world that was. They still think, I mean, plus their memories go back that far, he's still that barbarian kid mm -hmm. who, who, who managed to unite all those barbarian humans way back. I mean... It, Sigmar's yeah. a god in his own right, and they're just looking at him like, "Ugh, you're still that barbarian kid, aren't you?" <laughs> it's it's such a great depiction of how they think of him. It's like, look, we like you and all, but you yeah, really you have are power. We re we respect your power, but you really are just I mean, you just so you know. It's like it's like they look at him like he's tacky or he doesn't have class. It's like <laughs> really, it's so funny to to read that about them. You gotta you gotta imagine. I mean, like Teclas when. You know, like the, the elves and the dwarves, what created the common language of man way back in the world that was when they were barbarians. Uh -huh. That's why the humans became civilized. And Teclas is the one that taught the humans the winds of magic, which is why you have all those, you know, like the fire wizards and the beast wizards and all that, that still kind of carry over today. So, and, and he's still teaching the humans magic. Yeah, because like, poor you, humans can't handle more than one wind of magic. No. You know? So, like, of course, he's going to keep looking down. He, he's just, re and, and once again, if you look at the Elven Pantheon at the very least, it's cyclical. There's so many parts. If you followed the end times and knew the history before that and seeing what's going on now, you see the cyclical nature of this Pantheon and what it's doing. And you're just like, it is doomed to kind of repeat itself. Maybe it'll change next time, though. We'll see. Absolutely. Um, you get some great cavalry battles going on in here that happen mm -hmm. with the Ride of the Venari. Um, uh, you know, up and down the boulders and the mountain. You know, the elves are up there. They're like, okay, this, this is this is like a 
you know, this is like an eighty degree angle there, and then the the, the undead horses are just like, yeah, we this. Does uh, not... We're not just horses, and they're and they're <laughs> we're not a mix of horse and beast, and yeah, and there's no fear in them, so it's not like mm-hmm. they they are nervous or anything. Is there being so? This goes back and forth. The battle is constantly happening. Um, I do like that. Uh, the Asiarchs had left their own strongholds defended at half strength. Here was the full power of the realm lords brought to bear. The mage god had an agenda, and he had devised a dozen ways to make it happen. I'm just reading this going, oh, this is so great. Uh, you know? See, here's what I want to The full power of, of the realm lords. So that means Tyrion, we know, like, we hear he's off fighting something greater than what's going on here. Does that mean Teclis is literally taking control of all of... Hyacian Lumineth Realm Lords right now, like, like I, will, tech, will Tyrion come back and be like, "What did you do with my army?" <laughs> I yeah, I mean it's <laughs> it's, it's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting to see because we don't know, and it's like, why wouldn't he be here? This is, I mean, Teclis was always the thinker and the planner and the, but I mean, you know, and the mage, uh, but his brother is the genius tactician who fought all these bad. I mean, in the end times, yeah. it was him against. Malekith, like just pitting their wits against each other, mm-hmm. and you don't see him anywhere. Like I, this Not is the me. thing that's constantly. Last thing I need is another another elf book coming out too quickly. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think I it's really okay. want to know fans, what's happening. Can, I want to know what happens, but like, yeah, at the same time, it's like let's let's hold off on the elves for a little bit. Let's let some other people, and then we'll get another elf wave, please. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what else do we got here? Um, oh, and then what? Oh, this. Uh, the, the the they're fighting these cavalry battles, and I love this part. Uh, I'm I'm all up on to page 24 already. Even the steeds of Yometrica tire eventually. After several days of riding hard, they're finally like they have to retreat because their horses mm-hmm. are tired after days of fighting. Now, as they pull back, the Bone Reapers. They strip the elves of like they take off their clothes. Their we- they just take the bodies because they just want the bones. Well, yeah, well, I think they leave the flesh and everything. I, like they, they literally just rip off the muscle. They just want the bones. Yeah, uh, let's see. Wordlessly, he and his Asiarch riders stripped them, slung them across the backs of their gore-stained steeds, and rode back to the the armor and gemstones they left to languish. They had little use for them. Yeah, I think they stripped them later. I think it's just he didn't strip the flesh right away. But, yeah, they wanted their bones because elf bones are really light but very strong. So they make... Of course they they are. (laughs) Yeah, they make lightweight but very good uh, material. I also like that when they when the what the, I forget what they're called, but the the four faced, uh, the bone the oh, guys with the forearms and yeah, the four faces, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and they would go and they would shoot it in the one face, and the other face would just turn around and turn. face it, and it would and it would just. It, I don't care how many times I see it; it still reminds you of the Quintessons from the Transformers. Yeah, um, but it was just like they, it just got you got to smash all four of their faces to get them stopped. Well, they like, go down. That's kind of cool. Um. And then you basically get to this part where, um, at the end, you know, they, they Teclis wins that fight. You're not going to beat Teclis. You yeah, know, there, like I said, you, with the cavalry, there was a few good Ozark Bone Reaper wins, but like overall, Teclis won. Yeah, I mean, there's a, I mean, sorry. Th- th- yeah, I mean, the elves lose. I mean, there's a lot of elves who lost their lives in this battle. But it's not, you're not even fighting a Mortark. It's just regular old 
undead against Teclas. And it, at least in the storyline, he's not losing this fight. Mm-hmm. Um, so then uh, I love that it's the, the, this is when they finally talk about it's not the Lumineth sought to uh, the Lumineth sought to address not by attacking the Asiarch's domains, not by taking the holdings of Nagash for themselves, but by putting the lie to every notion of the inevitable victory of death. Mm-hmm. And then uh, they put the Ingra, the rune of rescue, but also imprisonment. And this is the thing where they've, they've saved them, but they're also locking their underworld down, pinning the benighted domains in place, effectively saving it from the parasitic hunger of Nagash's masterwork. This is fantastic. This is just such a great idea. And it's not something I've seen before in the five years that we've been playing Age of Sigmar, where it's... It's. I'm not here to smash. I'm not here to destroy everything, and just defeat my enemy. I'm here to get the people who live here to understand. They don't have to be under his thumb. Like he's inciting re- mm-hmm. rebellion and revolution. And it, it, the one thing I love, because the one thing that's always kind of lacking in Warhammer is like it always feels so hopeless. Yes. Like you know, like like you you're you know, like I played Daughters of Cain. It's that I I know we're not the best people in the world. <laughs> play the army, <laughs> but like you know, there's there's not really like there's there's my goals and my agenda. But like this is the first time we see it. Like hope, not not Sigmar's hope, because Sigmar kind of like he receded, he left. He's like I there's no hope until he put the stormcast. Now he's trying to seek, you know, reclaiming everything. This is the first essence of true hope. I want there to be hope. Because hope is a powerful tool. And I, I just love that. Because Warhammer lacks it. That's the one issue I always mm-hmm. have in 40k. There's not really much hope except for in one small faction that doesn't really have a book. But here we're getting hope as an army. And I love it. Yeah. It's a great idea. Um, and it's 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 very much like you said. Uh, you know, uh, and it's not it's not hope for my race or for my agenda. Because when you saw, I, I mean, when, when Alariel came out of her... Her, you know, her winter mode, and showed up as the, as the, as the, the, you know, the war avatar. Like right. everyone, I, I remember that. I was like, Da-da-da! like we all feel hope <laughs> at times, but this is an agenda to bring about this idea that it, we we can get through all of this. It's really great. Yeah, Teclas wants the humans at some far off, unknown small settlement who would normally be like hiding in the corner, whispering Nagash's name for fear of invoking his wrath, going like just making fun of them, openly joking about about death once more. That that's what he wants, and that's what he's getting. It's fantastic. So let's take a break. Um, there's three parts to this story. We finished Act One. Uh, and now we're gonna go take a break. We'll come back to with Act Two, the War of the Mortarks. The Harrow Knight crawled up the 99th stair of Nagashazar, every iota of his being shivering with the effort. Even to draw the gaze of the master was to risk an eternity of torture. Around the god of undeath were ranged antique mirrors of shade glass. Though two were empty, three bore the reflections of Nagash's foremost Mortarks. Around them the air pulsed with magical potential, almost audible despite the dirges of the spirits far below. 
Then, from atop his godly throne, the monstrous figure spoke. Knight of regret, deliver thy truth. Great one, managed the Harrow Knight, his voice a hollow rasp. A god of light at Sintil. He had a masked beast. It glowed like the moon. It was the moon. Its master is named Teclis. The Harrow Knight was not fool enough to reply. He merely groveled, fleshless face pressed against the stone of Nagash's royal dais. Tell me of his banishments, said the great necromancer. I'll tell you myself, said a cultured voice. The Harrow Knight saw a mote of light above him, which began to unfold like a paper sculpture of fractal complexity into the form of a tall, robed figure that shone with brilliant luminosity, the mage god. It hurt to look upon him. Tetlis of Ulthwan, said Nagash, his voice like the grinding of glaciers. Your intrusion will not go unpunished. I could say the same of yours, said Teclis. You have rather overstepped your bounds of late. Wherever there is death, I lay my claim. Do you think yourself immune, elfling? No, said Teclis, shaking his head slowly. Though it will not be you who ends me, Nehekarin. Selenar has assured me of that. Be not so sure. The moon reflects the truth, but in doing so, it distorts it. Your empire will fall, and your spires will lie in the dirt once more. The Heronite felt the elven god scan the room like a searchlight, taking in the shade glass mirrors one by one. The Mortarks reflected within recoiled as his gaze passed across them. If that is true, it will not be you who topples it, said Teclis. I'll give you one last chance, Great Nagash. Withdraw your influence from Hish, or your own Necrotopian empire will die in the cradle. There was a sudden cessation of background noise. The Harrow Knight looked down at the Ossiarch warriors that had been marching in great columns at the base of the throne. They were stock still, and all were staring at the astral image of Teclis hovering before Nagash. We shall see! said Nagash, the air around him crackling with hoarfrost as his ire cooled to a lethal chill. We shall see. The great necromancer took up the staff of El Kanash and thrust it forward. In that moment, the luminous apparition was gone and the throne room darkened once more. You have your orders, Mortarks, said Nagash, turning back to the antique mirrors. Collapse the gates to Shyish. Let loose the pull of the Nadir to those realms that think themselves safe. He leaned forwards, eye sockets blazing, and make sure that Hish suffers the most. Nagash turned from the mirrors, one hand summoning a cloud of spirits that bore him up and out of the chamber with great reverence. Had he still breath to hold, the Harrow Knight would have exhaled a great sigh of relief. Instead, he let himself fade into ephemeral mist and vanished from Nagashazar without a word.
And we are back. Um, Chuck. Yes. Part two. Teclas is winning part some battles and uh, seems nigh on unstoppable at this point. He is, but there there is a voice. Uh, this, this actually is right at the end of Act 1, but it's a perfect place for it. Um, uh, Teclas, you know, who, who does a god go to talk to whenever he needs to talk about what's going on? Probably another god. He's not going <laughs> to talk to Marathi. He's not going to talk to Malarian. And Tyrion's off doing something, so someone to bother him. So he bugs his old friend, the Ever Queen, Alario. And like the, and I love that the elves can just kind of like just send like those astral projections to each other to, to talk. Yeah, like they they have these like neutral meeting grounds. They can just meet up and just chit chat about godly things. And you know, Alario's Alario's going, hey, you know, like I'm not saying what you're doing's wrong, but you might be pushing it a bit. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's interesting. She's kind of exasperated with him. And mm-hmm. and I love when she starts saying stuff like you don't really think you're going to you know, it's almost like it, it, this this scene reminds me in a in a in a different way. It, I know it's not the best analogy, but in uh in the dark night when the Joker first shows up and he's like you really think you can get away with stealing from us and he looks and goes, "Yeah." You know, that's that matter of fact, <laughs> yeah. She's like, "Do you really think you're going to do this?" And he's like, "Yeah." And she's like, but what about all this? You're, you seem awful confident. And he's like, yeah, I am. And he's, he's it's totally like he refuses yeah. to take the bait or get into the argument. He's like, no, I'm, I'm right. Someone's got to do this, and I'm doing it. Yeah, and, and like I said, you can you can see Alariel playing that that perfect role of like she knows Teclas is dead set, but she's trying to find the pinpricks into his argument and just kind of help him, help him see because he, if she outright told him exactly what he was doing was wrong – he would he would be like no, no I know better. But he's trying. She's trying to lead him to the conclusion of what he's doing, so he realizes it himself. Because then he'll believe himself. Right. That's what this whole argument is, and it, it's, they're sure there's some mansplaining going on. But you know, like it, she's she's she's, <laughs> she's playing along with him. But what I, and th- there's the one part I really like too, where, um, uh, where is it? Uh, she essentially says like. Uh, or sorry, a bold judgment given the speed of your current course. You realize you goad the dragon. It's like, okay, well, who's the dragon? <laughs> yeah. Like, first instinct is Malarian because we've seen only one picture of him and he's merged with this dragon. But the dragon could be anything. Yeah, it could. It absolutely could. Yeah, um, so it's... it's, um, it's I'm real so curious good. to see that play out in the future. Yeah. Uh, but when we get to part two here, part two gets really interesting. Um, because they... The, the plot that Nagash has here and what he's planning on doing um, is insane. Like, I never, like, the, this, like, the, you know what? We've got something new here. So there are realm gates, as we know, and there are realm mm-hmm. gates that lead all over. There are realm gates that lead to Shyish. So Nagash has all three of his main Mortarks. The, the, the big three, the original three. Mm-hmm. He sends each of them to a different realm through the realm gate and says, here's what you're going to do. You're going to do a blood sacrifice <laughs> at the realm gate, and you're going to corrupt the realm gate, and it will collapse. Uh, and basically the realm gate, instead of jumping through it and winding up in Shayish, it's going to connect it to the nadir. And it's going to basically become a sinkhole, a vortex 
almost like the old elven vortex that sucked all the magic out of the realm. It's going to mm-hmm. be sucking the other realms and the and the energies, the life energy, and all the energies around these realm gates will be sucked into the nadir. From so he's not only sucking everything out of the realm of death to for his own personal power. Now he's sending guys out to just start stealing it from all the other realms. This is the coolest thing I think I've read in a while from Games Workshop from this for, from the realms. I mean, here's the interesting thing: Can will the realm of death is its like secret, ultimate, final end goal of the realm of death to kill the other realms? Is that what we're getting here? Well, it never was because the realm of death. You were just there in your you know mm-hmm. whatever your belief system was. True. But but remember in the end times. When all this battle was going on, if you recall, Nagash disappeared for a little while. He was there in Helsin, he was like, poof, and he disappeared, and he went into the realm of death and found every god in the realm of death and ate them. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that was a, a great battle, the final final god he had to kill uh, of the Tomb Kings. Yeah. During the end times, that was an amazing battle. Right. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And he just goes through, and, and so he has taken over the realm of death, and it all belongs to him. Everything belongs to him. And that now that the necroquakes happened, before, if you eventually, if you didn't have any followers, if there was no one who believed in your afterlife, your afterlife just faded away. Like sort of mm-hmm. peacefully, you just went away. Mm-hmm. But now, whether you exist or not, whether you're followed or not, you just slowly are getting sucked into the sinkhole that he's created. Um, like I said, I don't think the realm of death that was ever the point of it. It is now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with Nagash at its head, cor- corrupting the course of it. I mean, I, and if and if his plan works, if he eventually sucks everything out of all, what, what's going to be left? That's the thing. If everything's getting sucked into here, will he just be the only thing? Le- that'd be just. That's just weird. Well, no, that that. Uh, I, uh, which book is that? And it's one of the Baltums. That is his ultimate goal: is for everything to die, because then there's no emotion to feed into chaos. Chaos then is gone or dies because mm-hmm. nothing can feed chaos, and he's the only living soul left with free will, and everything's just done. Right, that's his but, ultimate goal. But will the realm still exist if he's? I, 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 that, that's I, the one thing I, I don't, don't know, understand. Because yeah. like, like Teclis is nailing down these little mini realms in. Shy, so they don't get sucked into the nadir. If he sucks all of them in, like, will there's just will it just be a barren wasteland? I'm assuming it'll be a barren wasteland because, I mean, it can't be like like in the cartoons where everything gets sucked in and then suddenly there's nothing left, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that makes no sense. But then right. Again, and yeah, and if if it just stuff went back to nature, well, there's still life, and he wouldn't like that. So. Yeah. So here's the plan: Archon the Black is going into the realm of light. He's going into Hish. He's going to actually mm-hmm. start sucking the the some of the life force out of Hish. Manfred gets Gyran, and they all laugh because they're like, Manfred got the crap job because Gyran is nigh on uncontrollable. But he's like, cool, I'll go, no problem. See you guys, I got this, but he's which all- is very not him. Well, it's very not him. Well, it kind of is because he already has another plan going in his head. Right, right. Like he's sure. like, oh, that's great. Sure, no, 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 I can do this. Because he's already got another plan. Because, and this is what I love about Manfred. Like I've, I always liked Vlad. Vlad was the coolest of all of them because mm-hmm. he was just, he was the quintessential vampire. Right, he was. But Manfred was just like that maniac vampire. He's like, if these, if if we're comparing them to movies, Vlad is like regular ass Dracula, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but Manfred is like the Lost Boys. <laughs> 
like, he's, he's just <laughs> yeah. out there having a like creating havoc, you know. Yes. Yep. Um, and then of course Neferata gets sent into Shimon to mm-hmm. to do that. Um, and I like and the now she's going there and she's like, that's fine. Better yet, she had agents in the vampire hunting order of Azir. Amongst them, the notorious Jel- uh, Jelson Derrick, who would wreak havoc in Manfred's kingdom of Karstinia while her rival and neighborhood. So while he's off to work, mm-hmm. she's just having people mess with him. <laughs> so petty and so wonderful. He, here's what I like. Um, and, and then that little interlude, like that's that's the cursed city, that, that, that box game that just came out. But right. I just love that. OK, we just found out. Oh, here's the order of Azir. Okay, Neferata's already um, got agents in there, and she's already like kind of like corrupted it <laughs> to, yeah. to make it go where she wants. Like, okay, too late. You can't, this is not a pure order. Don't even pretend. And she's well, and she's it's well, it's I. It's not even. It's not. She's got agents in there, so it is corrupted, but it's still doing its job. But oh, now she's yeah, just yeah. pointing it at, at. And the thing is, Manfred's got the same plan. Yeah, that's fine. I'll go. <laughs> Because he knows he's like uh, he's got to be in and out. She'll be in well, Shamon for a while. He's either going to get this done or he's going to bail. And then well, once again, if we take if we take Manfred and Neferata, it's their two different play styles. Like Neferata, she's she's going slow. She's using her her tools and her manipulation to make sure no one goes around the area. Whereas Manfred just goes in, gives it a half hearted try, and says, "Okay, cool, see ya." Whenever he 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 already he already wrote it off as a loss before he even went there. Because then he went and go and he starts capturing Neferata's lands. Yeah. Back in the Shia, she's like, okay, whatever. I tried. Yeah. <laughs> and it and, and the thing is, his plan was a good plan. It almost worked. Yeah. Like well, here's the he thing. He is a good tactician, there's no doubt there. Right. And I mean it and that's the whole thing. It's like he, he he's like, I'll go in because he knows that this plan is either gonna I I got an idea, it's either gonna work and I'm gonna get this done and get home, or it's not gonna work and I'm gonna ditch and get home. Like mm-hmm. he still, his whole plan is just to get done fast so that he can go mess with Neferata. So nobody messes with Archon. <laughs> I, I love that yeah. nobody messes with Archon stuff. I mean, he's the favorite. Everyone, every, everyone's gonna know. But like, mm, he, we don't need to touch him. Exactly. And if you mess with him, that's basically like messing with Nagash because there. I mean, he is his right hand. Like, right. Could, yeah. But so Manfred goes in and he goes. Into three separate, basically goes in, you know, and starts distracting people, uh, having a three front battle. Um, the first one, which, which, when we get the, we get threes. Uh, how many symbols are there on the Nurgles? Three. Icon? Yep. There's three. Yep. It's like, oh, it's just too perfect there. <laughs> and he, I love this start. Over the course of the long day of battle, the Dead Walker host was decimated, despite being resurrected time and again by the Beacon Mortis. Still, the host had fulfilled its purpose as a distraction. This is all, there are massive battles happening between Nurgle and Manfred's armies, and mm-hmm. none of these battles matter at all as long as they take long enough. <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. It's, it's Just great. Just beat him chaff. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the second army was intercepted, intercepted not by Slimex, but Rodigus, because Rodigus shows up. Um, and what else happens there? That fights, you know, um, he's a great unclean one, so he's doing all sorts of gross, great unclean one, weird stuff, like dipping himself in the water and making it gross. Mm-hmm. Uh, the third army goes in, and they're riding along, and that's when uh, Horticulus Slimex and with his spoil Pox Scrivener. So you get all this Nurgle stuff happening. 
Um, mm-hmm. Manfred all the big names in there. Yeah, everybody's in there. Uh, in a matter of hours, they were defeated utterly, but in buying Manfred time, they had achieved their... Like, every one of these armies, they go in there and they attack, and Nurgle's like... All the Nurgle folks are like, you really think this is going to stop us? And they're like, oh, look, we beat you. Look, we beat you. And Manfred's like, don't <laughs> don't care. Don't care a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I totally And I totally forgot about this part, is that she... He's there, and he's all... Now, here's the thing. He's got all the Nurgle people tied up with this. He's got all these people that he captured when he came into the realms. He's doing the blood sacrifice. He's almost got it going. Alariel recognizes his specific death taint. Mm-hmm. Um, and all those Sylvanas, they understand, like, okay, why is the flow of death different? Because we're so attuned to life. That's the antithesis of us. So it's like, all like at some point, all the heads of the Sylvanas in the area just snap and turn. And you're like, oh, something's going on here. Right. But Alariel shows up, and she's like, and of all of them, she hated Manfred the most. And I forgot. I'm like, why? I'm like, she hates Manfred the most? And then the very next paragraph, it's like, oh, that's right. Her and Tyrion had a kid. Well, yes. Yes, And Manfred Manfred Mm -hmm. kidnapped her, and they sacrificed her to bring back Nagash. And I was like, oh, that's right. He killed her kid. She really does hate him. So when Mm -hmm. she shows up and she's like, Manfred! And he's like, well, I tried. (laughs) Got to go. There is no fight. He is not stupid enough to try to fight Alariel. He he throws, like, what, three, like, uh, what not, uh, I want to call them dragons, but, like, the three large winged beasts. Yeah, it says here, yeah, uh, the, the mastery over his trio of zombie dragons. Zombie dragons, yep. And like she's just like just she's just just punking them left and right while Manfred runs away. Oh, and this is and it's the way it's the way it's written again is so funny. Seeing the Ever Queen's light growing closer with every passing hour, Manfred sent the vampire lord Garethrak, the skull hound, against her. He did not expect the soul blight warlord to defeat the Ever Queen. Once again, just by him time. Despite mm-hmm. the fact that Garethrak had lately posited the concept that his mastery over his prized trio of zombie dragons made him the equal of a god of war. A notion soon to be proven false. Hilario <laughs> 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 just is like, quack, what do you, you know. And, and, then, and he does. Manfred's just like, well, I tried. And he yeah. takes up. They, they fail. Like, the mission is a failure. Nagash does not get a a vortex put into the realm of life no and like i said it's it, I, I am sad because i wanted to see you want to see Alariel just get that vengeance yeah for, for for her daughter uh from so long ago but yep not not quite yet and not quite yet and the thing is it's like manfred is one of the it's, it's he's like one of those really fun villains because he's constantly being defeated but he's also constantly getting away Mm-hmm. So it's because he's not he's not stupid enough to get caught. Everybody hates him. Everybody's got a reason to kill him. Mm-hmm. He shows up, wreaks havoc. If he wins a battle here and there, I mean, he's he, he obviously can win things, but in the end, he just runs away. <laughs> actually, actually, what I what I like too um, that that uh, that that's that ceremony, the battle that happened where Manfred sacrificed Eliothra. Uh, Tyrion and Elariel's daughter. That really, if you want to boil this whole book uh, about what's going on, that that is the reason why, like Teclas and like all this stuff is happening. Because that's the point when uh, Nagash, when he rose from that summoning, ripped the death magic out of the vortex from the world that was, essentially keeping Teclas from being able to put it where he wanted to, which was his plan. 
Oh, that's right. That's right. I haven't Tyr- read that in so many Tyr- years. Tyrion and Lariel's daughter died here, and we're gonna get to later. Um, that's where Archon the Black killed Altharion. Oh, that's right. That's where. That's right. Because so, Altharion was going to save her. Archon kills her. Manfred or Archon or no, kills him. Manfred, yep, Manfred kills, kills her. her. And then Nagash comes back, pulls the death magic out. Yeah. Like so, this, this whole book is back from that one battle. Was it demon? Some I forget what it was called. But like, it's it, this is just vengeance of all the elves against that battle, which started off their doom essentially, the Rahadandra for them. Yeah, because that really did mess up. Now that you point out, that messed up everything in Teclis's plan, which I still posit could have worked. I mean, I'm I'm not saying I'm glad it didn't work, but I really do like the new realms. AOS is it, pretty great. Yeah, AOS, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I still, I still gotta say, having played, I mean, and I haven't played as long as some people have, but getting to the end of that fifth book, and they just, I mean, all five of those books, and I kept going, all right, here's where they turn it around. Nope. Okay. What's okay? Here's I where know. they turn it around. Nope. And then I was like, you get to the end, I'm like, holy crap, they lost. Like, w- wait, what? <laughs> that was the yeah. greatest thing ever because it was just. It hit me like I, I felt like I got sucker punched. And you should have seen, like, I knew there was a new thing coming. I knew something new was happening. I just never in all my time expected that they just really blew up the whole world. There was multiple times throughout that whole end time series where I had to put the book down, walk away, because my whole world just shattered <laughs> about what was going on. Oh, so many people Crazy. getting killed. Well, yeah, I mean, when Thorgrim Grudgebearer won that battle, that long, I mean, that was such a huge part of the book. They fought everyone and everything for all that time, and he came out ahead, and I was like, you did it. You did it. And everyone knows I love my Dwarden, and I was just like, and Thorgrim is the coolest. I'm like, God, yes, proving again. And then they dirty. Oh, they did. They punked him so bad. I was like, oh, yeah, so many. If you've never read Uh, it, that's a great series to to sit down and just chew through because it takes a while, and it's so good. My, my wife said I walked around like someone in my family died for about two days whenever I read that Mal- Malekith at the time, Malarian, was the true Phoenix King. Oh, I thought along. that was the greatest. Barnett was right. Barnett I, was right. That That's the key moment, I think, when I switched from being a high elf player to where I'm at now as a Dodgers Kane player. <laughs> I was like, well, uh, here we go. I just anyway. remember so many times on the show, you, you know, Chris, you would come on and he'd be like, well, there's the high elves. And then they split with the dark. Like, no, no, no. They're just elves because chris you loved his high elves and christopher had all those dark elves no 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 there's no high elves and dark elves they're just elves and everyone's like no you're crazy you're full of it and christopher wasn't even playing anymore but i remember going over to his house and bringing the book with me i'm like i have to read this to you he's like what and i read it to him and he was like his face just lit up he's like i was right i'm like you were right i hate you for it but you're right it's the first and the i longest i called it in the warhammer it is yep All right, so uh, next is Neferata, and she's going mm-hmm. after the stronghold of the Caradron overlords. Um, yeah, her realm gate is in the middle of a mountain in Shaman. Yeah. <laughs> really? It's Yeah. Like, okay, sure. <laughs> so, yeah, she comes out, uh, emerged from the pitch black disc of the Switch Soul Deus, a realm gate known only to the dead that shimmered deep beneath the Granthium Mountains. Uh, unlike Manfred, she had ascertained exactly what it would take to collapse the realm gate and brought the precise number of human sacrifices with her, plus 30% extra in case of mishap. She's a planner, <laughs> and it's fantastic. Yep, yep she's um, got logistics down. Yeah. 
Now, this is a crazy story because she's basically under the mountain. Mm -hmm. And she's just like, I'm just going to start this ritual. And uh, But that's after she, like, because there's there's, um, carriage on overlords that fly around over this area. Right. she, She uses manipulation to have her agents make those ships start diverting around. And, like, like, she creates this, like, this null area of information for her to perform this ritual. So no one's going there because they think they just shouldn't be for some reason, because it's like, Oh, we, there's issues there. We shouldn't fly over there. But, it's but pretty, pretty ingenious. It's, it's an interesting thing though, because apparently this has been going on for a while. Yeah. They've been avoiding it for a while because basically what happens in the, in the amazing plot armor of this story <laughs> is just at the right moment, you get one of the best, Caradron, you know, uh, crew crew chiefs or leaders sitting there, and they're like, she may not have been the best, but she like inside her cabin, she has all of the different places marked out. She like knows she is the best cartographer of all the overlords, and mm-hmm. she's looking at all of this stuff. And one day, she like as this uh, is about to happen, she notices that's weird. Everybody's mm-hmm. avoiding this one spot. Like even when this is the fastest journey, they're going taking the long way around it. We should go see what's going on over there. And, of course, she goes to see what's going on over there, and there's skeletons walking around. They take a shot at one of them. The skeleton, First of all, the skeleton was walking around. Like, that didn't signal it. Then they <laughs> shot it in the face, and it fell down, got back up and walked away. Then they realized something weird was happening. Now, mm-hmm. like, mm. I, I would have caught on when the skeleton was walking around. Hey, there could be a stray necromancer around in the area. Yeah. So they they pop. Now she realizes something's wrong, and and and, and it's uh, Emota Barra's daughter, um, and she has uh, a few interesting friends because we have to have Lumineth in every single battle, <laughs> right? <laughs> an elf. We have to have an elf, right? Was, I mean, whether it's uh, yeah, Lumineth or Sylvaneth or something. So, um, the uh, the the twins, Eliana and Elithor, um. Who are from Lumineth or, or from the, the realm of Hayish and Iliatha, but kind of worn out their welcome amongst their kin. Yeah, so, they're sort of wandering now. Yeah, yeah. So Tyrion and Teclas said, like, no, these guys are important, and Teclas even prophesized they're gonna eventually change the fate of Hayish at some point. So they give him powerful weapons and said, You guys go visit every other realm to kind of learn, I guess, how to not be Tyrion and Teclas with egos. <laughs> right. <laughs> Now, the interesting thing is she sees this thing, and her and her crew go in there, and they all go in to go see what's going on. They see what's happening. They go, oh, crap. They start to run out. She, like, there's only two of them that get out of this thing, and her hair's mm-hmm. gone white mm-hmm. from what she's seen. She gets in her, in her, in her you know, her air, her airship. <laughs> takes, they're getting chased. They're getting attacked. They crash, land, you know, onto the pl- boom. Oh, the the thing has happened, and of course, that's when the two elves are there, and they're like, "Really? Yeah." Mm-hmm. And so, sorry, I jumped ahead a little bit. No, no, <laughs> but no, and that's totally fine because that's when this happens, and so now they're like, "Well, we're gonna call," you know, and they they basically call the rest of the 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 Lumineth. Hey, these guys need help over here, mm-hmm. and then they go in and they. They go in to stop her, and it's this huge running underground cave battle, and this is really cool stuff. Um, 
you know, they're attacking left and right and, and just all of this crazy stuff that's happening. Neferata is just like, I'm not having any of this. She's just killing and doing her ritual while they're fighting. This is a pretty cool uh, fight that goes on here. Yeah, I mean, they there's they bring in the stone mages too, the Lumineth, which is great because you're inside of a mountain. So what's a better? You, they can literally shape the whole battlefield, and they even awaken part of this mountain who's not happy with what's going on inside of them. Right. So that you know they get they get like the uh, the battle cattle, for lack of a better word, <laughs> to yeah. start turning against what's been happening here this whole time. It's it's it is it is wonderful, and and yeah, you get to see uh, the twins, uh, Elenia and Elathor, just be total just, BAs. Like they're yeah, just, they're pretty, they just they're pretty good. They're pretty good. And and yeah, they're just taking like I mean they get some trouble. They do definitely get in a little over their head for sure, which is part of like their rules and everything. But just watching them do work and uh yeah, and this a battle inside of a mountain is just crazy cool. So yeah, she's in there and she's the the spirit of the mountain gets awakened, shows up, it starts smashing things. Neferata is almost done with the ritual. You can hear it happening. Mm-hmm. And she realizes once the spirit of the mountain shows up and starts just destroying everything that she's lost. And out of pure spite, she basically brings them like this huge cavernous area that they're all in. She just brings the mountain down. She cr- she destroys the cavern. Yeah. And like, you know, obviously uh, some of our heroes, whichever side you're on, like for me, it's the Lumineth escape. Um, and I can only imagine it. it's probably just the will of the mountain itself, like kind of like the Hulk, just holding up this this slab for everyone to get out. You right. Know, that element or mountain form. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, our, our, our big characters get out and she just jumps through the realm gate portal. Yeah. You know, uh, so she gets out. So they stop her. But this was and this is another one that's really worth reading. And like I said, we're not going into every last little detail, but it's such a it's such a cool fight that happens here inside the mountain. Um, mm-hmm. And so she ditches. So now that's two so far that have failed. And then we get Archon the Black, who shows up in. Uh, is it Yometrica, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. he goes into Yometrica, uh, which he, this is probably out of this whole book. This is, this is a great book, obviously. I, I'm in love with it. But this is the weakest because Archon makes so many dumb decisions. <laughs> Throughout all of this, he he's not a tactical does. genius. No, he doesn't have logistics planning. He just he has the arrogance of Magash. He's just like, I'll go in and get this done without a plan. It feels like I, I think he has a plan, but it's like, here's my plan, and I'm sticking to it because this is the plan that Nagash gave told me to do. And and he he he's not one to ve- he's almost he's kind of like a robot at times. It's like yeah. once he's got a job, he's not gonna he's not gonna go yeah, off cre- of that plan. There's no creative interpretations of it to adapt on the fly. I mean, and he does bring in a bunch of his Ossiarch stuff. I mean, and they are, they are tough. Like, he knows what's going on, you know? Um, one of the interesting things is, is he does go a lot closer. To, he, he He's having this battle on the edges of the realms, in the most yeah, magical part of the realm. Because if we're going to suck this stuff out, let you know, he's going for a powerful gate. Mm-hmm. And a and a really and and it's it's a crazy battle, um, and there just happens to be a a mountain of flesh eater quartz nearby. Yes, <laughs> this, it just ha- and and it was just it wasn't an issue for the Lumineth. They just said like you know what, 
too hard to deal with. We'll just no one go here, and they just let it go. And and it so. and it gets insane around here. Like there's just so much stuff. Like it, he he, you know, Archon is just causing all of this, the negativity of emotion. The magic is reeling so crazily that the Cathalars can't do stuff. People are dying in these battles, and this this overwhelming sadness that is about to take over the elves the cathars usually suck that out and you they, they're like overwhelmed they can't do they can't do enough to to keep this from from wrecking all of mm-hmm. that's going on this he actually comes the closest of all three of them it seems it 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 does but like i said it's 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 so interesting cuz like he just needed to kind of stay put though Right, what he was doing, it was working, and he left, which is where, like me, I'm just like, why did why did he leave? But yeah, like I I love the fact that, and I love the Cathlar. Like it seems like they don't have real names anymore. Like when you take on the Cathlar mantle, right? Like, the the one here is just called the Weeping Veil. It seems like they just get different titles, like something like that. But yeah, she was the only thing. Like for some for some reason, she was able to just barely hold the Lumineth. You know, together during all of this. Now there is something that they've learned, though, that I found really interesting, um, and this is one of the reasons that the elves are so sad. This battle is brutal, mm-hmm. um, and I, th- and this is why I didn't think Archon made so many. It wasn't so much uh, bad decisions on his part as just smarter decisions on the elves' part. Um, when whenever somebody dies, as we know, the Asiarchs were collecting all the elves and all the, bo- and they will collect all the dead bones and reshape them and make more enemies. Mm-hmm. And here they just said, you know what? Um, we're just going to burn everything. They burned the bodies, which they hate doing. And yes, and the, yeah. the el- I mean, it was disgraceful. The elves to just to incinerate these so completely is a, this is n- this goes against all of their death rituals, like of things that you know when people die, and this is causing this depression that the Cathalars can't even overcome. But there's no resources. For the Asiarchs, for Archon's Asiarchs to to make more, they're just not giving them any. If you die, you're gone. They they've they've turned the bones to ash, so there's nothing to uh, replenish their ranks with, which is one of the most important things for them. Mm-hmm. So it's that's kinda, their only resource that matters. Yeah, um, and and so they start actually. They you know they had a like the, the Osiric Bone Reapers and Archon had a little alliance with the Flesh Eater Courts, right? Uh, and then they start asking them for bones more and more as these elves start you know not letting them have it to the point of the Osiric Bone Reapers turning on and starting to kill the Flesh Eater Courts, which is a really like the Osiric Bone Reapers are like they don't care. We want bones. Yeah, because at first they just clear out all their like their graves and all the stuff around there and all the bones festooning their their their, their where they're living, you mm-hmm. know. And they're not happy that they're clearing out all of their beautiful, wonderful because they see it as all of their decorations and all mm-hmm. of this value, this wealth. And at first, like okay, yeah, they're taking the the wealth that they need it, but then they start taking. Like you said, though, we need your li- we need the live guys now because we need the bones. Basically, they turn on them, mm-hmm. which is just great. Finally, he's so annoyed. He's like, no, you know, you need to come here and talk to me about this. And he's like, I don't have time. So he just shows up and kills them all. <laughs> Takes them. Yep. Yeah. So they're losing their own support because he's just got it. Well, and let's face it. Uh, uh, some well-crafted Ossiarchs are probably, you know, uh, body for body, a uh, better use than the actual ghouls. Yeah, I mean, there's a hierarchy, and, and no one, like, because the ghouls aren't fully dead. They just 
see things weird and twisted and Nagash is like a god of you know like a golden god so it's there's a hierarchy and i don't think any of the death armies see the flesh eater courts as anything but chaff right despite despite their abilities um now severith shows up here with a lot of these little wind lord guys that you know they can fly around on the spirit of the wind Mm -hmm. there's some fun stuff happening with these guys the fact that they're firing arrows and then it's like well their weak spot is in this weird place that they're protecting oh yes but i have arrows that i can literally create the wind to change like these are like you know these are like the bullets in, in the zapruder film you know they're just they're <laughs> you know they're ricocheting going this way that way left right oh, oh and then nailing it it's like oh this is pretty cool yep um and then of course archon gets mad and just starts curse of yearings everything around him mm-hmm. um, it's his, it's his fallback plan <laughs> it works it does what gets really crazy, though, is that um, the Archon is losing because of this scorched earth or scorched bone strategy. So he just pulls back to the craziest, most magical part of the realm because he can survive there. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, nope, I'm just going to be now, you know, um, he basically goes back to Shyish. And then goes through a different realm gate, and he comes to what's called the Gate of Paradox, which is on that very edge of the realm, which is so yeah, magical. Yeah, the outer ring of Hyish, yeah. Yeah, this is that place that we've talked about before. It's so The magic there is so wild and so insane that people just die out there. Like, mm-hmm. In fact, this reminded me a lot of if you ever saw the movie Annihilation, mm-hmm. which I, I actually love that movie, and I like the book series it's based off of. Um but just the, the magic they're so like they describe they're like so they're like they know he's there and they know what he's trying to do and this is like the other he going to a different realm gate now this is not the original plan and this is actually where i think that he he actually does make a good choice it's like oh okay you beat me here but i'll just go where none of you can go yeah 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 cuz living mortals can't go there Everyone's like, well, who's going to go? Someone's got to go and stop him. And none of the elves want to go. And then... They know it's a suicide mission. Yeah. And the spirit of Eltharian's like, yeah, I'll go. Uh, I got this. I got... Yeah. No. I, I'm, I'm... Yeah. <laughs> he can't affect... You know, and he's actually the perfect person to go because he's just spirit. Yeah, but but like you can also deep down the side, it's just like, oh, no. He he wants revenge against this person. Oh, yeah. He yeah, wants yeah, yeah. Arkon to pay. And and but you know and just in typical elf fashion, someone's even though he's a being of light and and soul steps up. People say, "Okay, we'll go with you. We'll try." So a bunch of these elves are going with him, and this is the part that I thought was crazy. As they're marching along, like some of them, like they'll hit a weird beam of light, and then they just turn into crystal forms of themselves, or some of mm-hmm. them just turned into forms of light or a mirage of themselves. Like they just, the magic just transformed them into something else. Like they're dead. Like, they're no longer mm-hmm. what they are, but they're just done. And then... Even the ones that make it are, like, they're there, but, like, they're, like, having to focus literally everything on just... Literally just, like, Altharian's existence because he's the one that's not wavering. And, like, they could just trying to ground the something. Yeah, he just marched. Bar- they barely make it. He's just marching along, keeping that march going, and the rest of them just, yeah, they're just following him, focusing on him. Now, you get this beautiful two-page, one of these, uh, you know, the, the story bits... Mm-hmm. And Archon is just, he recognizes Altharian's spirit right away. And he knows who he is. He's like, ah, oh, I killed you once. I'll kill you again. 
Um, yep. And it doesn't quite work that way. I, I, I love the writers of this. The fact that as they're fighting, and obviously Altharian is the better swordsman. He was in the, in the past world as well. Right. That's not a question. But Archon the Black tries to hand a dust him again and puts his hand and just it goes through him. And it's like he still doesn't understand. <laughs> well, and he tries to he yeah, doesn't... he tries to grab him around the throat, but he it's the light inside there starts to burn and destroy Archon. Like Yeah, and his hand passes through. He's like, uh, it's not working. Yeah, and he it starts to dissolve. Um and as and it I like this part because it's actually from a different elves point of view, watching all of this happen. Mm-hmm. Um but basically, you know, uh, and here's the spoiler uh, of 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 probably the one of the one of the two biggest spoilers of the book. Um, Archon Steed is trying to get him. He can't fight him. Um, purple black light is spilling out of Archon's wounds as he's getting cut mm-hmm. with this light blade. He yeah it uh, he tried to grasp his neck. It had been the same hand that had ended the elf's former life. This time the hand closed upon nothing but light. Eltharian's essence burned, and the lich withdrew his palsied claw, screaming as the magic that sustained his corporeality began to unravel. Uh, he goes basically right up to the edge of the realm. Yeah, like, right on like like the sheer cliff. The it's cliff, just like yeah. And they're fighting, and basically Eltharian knocks him off the edge of the realm. And as he's falling, then his his zombie dragon or whatever it is, that thing that he's that all the Mortarks ride the model. Yeah, yeah. That thing dives off after him, and as they're falling off, the the this 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 elf who's watching it all just he, his his body discorpor like he just dissolves. Yeah, there's just nothing left of Arkan. Like Hayish, obviously pure energy of Hayish surrounding it, it's just going to dilute it into nothingness. It's yeah, amazing. That, I, and, I, I was like, oh, oh my, wait a minute, did he just die? And I I was shocked. I know. I think he died. <laughs> Like, I mean, yeah. and it's like, can Nagash bring him back? Yes, and he can. And there, there's even a hint in here because if you go back to where the Manfred little box is, it talks about how Manfred died at the end of the, uh, when he oh. when he gained power over Shayesh, he took what was left of Manfred's tortured soul and remade his body in the city of undeath. Well, it's interesting. Like, yeah, like Manfred died during the end times right. Uh, right at the end before he screwed stuff up but like we've never had a soul be pushed into the oblivion of the edge of a realm right like, what what does that mean as far as being able to come back is he going to be changed at the very least you'd like to think so yeah i mean and that's the whole thing can he bring him back what's like i you or is know, he just gonna make another copy like yeah, you know like, like who knows but that's i mean that's fast now i'm now it's like oh what's going to happen next what is nagash going to do and uh, as we get to the to the third part of this story cuz this is the end of part 2 we've got the three big battles um you know now uh, nagash and teclas are going to fight and then we're going to see kind of what he's going to do but uh, we'll get to that after this break we're going to take a break we're going to come back and we're going to do part 3 of the lore and uh, and then and then wrap this part up. We'll be right back.
Are you finally looking to start your rebasing project? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some new and interesting resin terrain? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some fancy acrylic counters to keep track of wounds or maybe some other statistical anomalies? Six Squared Studios. Maybe you need a new rack for your paint? Six Squared Studios. Well then look no further. What you need is Six Squared Studios. They ship worldwide with domestic shipping for both the U.S. and Canada. Six Squared Studios. That's right, Six Squared Studios. That's the number six, squaredstudios.ca. When your gaming needs go beyond your basic dice, tape measure, models, and paints, think Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios. Now all your base are belong from them. Grognards. That's right, friends. Grognard Games in Roselle, Illinois, and at grognardgames.com. They are now open daily from 12 to 7 for your gaming pleasure. Now, if you want, you can go into the store, find what you need. Not comfortable going into the store, even with a mask on? Call them up for curbside pickup. Or order online at grognardgames.com. They've got what you need. They've got Warhammer. They've got Dungeons & Dragons. They've got Marvel Crisis Protocol. They've got Battletech. They've got a huge pre-owned section. And you can find it on grognardgames.com or in the store. Now, you can't play in the store right now. Still got to have social distancing protocols. And if I got to stay more than six feet away from you, probably can't play a game of Magic. Probably going to be pretty difficult to play a game of Warhammer either. But you can still get all your hobby needs met at Grognards. Because if the world starts to reopen and your hobbying starts to take off again, you know you're going to need stuff. And you can find it at Grognards. And why? You know why. Because there's always something happening at Grognards. And we are back for part three. The big conclusion a clash of gods this is the title fight yeah this is it what we're all here for hish in peril nagash himself goes to hish he comes through one of the gates he's decided it's his time and oh my Again and again, mm -hmm. the Lumineth met Ossiarch Bone Reapers on the field of battle. The sheer brilliance of the elves matched against the relentlessness and grim artifice of their foes. Then amid the screams of tortured magical energies, Nagash broke through the Black Pit portal, overpowering the wards and defenses the Lumineth had begun to work all around it. The vengeance of the Supreme Lord of the Undead was soon to be made manifest. And I was like, oh my, because he is not <laughs> playing. No, no, because we rarely see him go anywhere. Yeah. Like, Nagash usually just stays and Shaiyash and Dara sends his people out and maybe, like, an essence of himself. But, no, he is fully here now. This is that part, and like, in when you're watching all of those, I can't remember which one it was, I, uh, but you're watching all of those uh, MCU movies, and you get to that end credit thing, and uh, Thanos <laughs> picks up the glove and he goes, all right, I'll do this myself. And it's like, oh, now yep. it's going to get ugly. Yep. You don't want this happening. The sky turns black. Nagesh does the craziest thing here. He just decided, oh, you're going to clean up my realms? Well, I'm going to mess up yours. Like, this is totally a, <laughs> I'm going to get you back. 
he goes over to yep. one of the biggest mountains in Yumetrica and just puts both hands on it and starts cursive yearsing or something the entire place. Well, it's it's the mountain. It's Av- Avalonar, correct? I yeah, believe. it's Avalonar's mountain. Like, yes. The, yeah, the the named mountain elementary you have like it's this is the Ametrica's mountain this is the mountain of Hayesh essentially so and it, it's I mean the rock is turning brittle and the colors draining out of it and it's like it's it's starting to crumble I mean it's literally he's almost turning the mountain to dust and mm-hmm. I suppose if you have a big powerful spirit of the mountain and you destroy the mountain that kind of destroys the spirit of the mountain doesn't it yep but he's nice doing, he is literally doing what Teclas did. He's basically copying him. Okay, you're gonna you you think you're you think you're clever. I'm gonna come <laughs> and trash your place. And he does. He doesn't go after that. He is going after the land itself. Yeah, it's uh, it's just it's that the ego versus the ego. It's like I'm I'm gonna do whatever you can do. I can do better. Yeah, the stone beneath his touch began to shiver and crumble. Cracks spreading at an alarming rate across the flank of the mountain as the rich, dark rock turned brittle and white. A circle of pure ending magic spread out around the manifesting deity. The rock crawlers and granite lizards caught in its field trembling as if in palsy before growing ancient in a matter of moments. Nagash had come to Hish. It's like, oh, that's... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man! And... And I like, as you're seeing this, you're seeing the Cathalars and all of the... Everyone who went to go fight with Teclis in the realm of Shyish comes back, and they're scarred from this. Yeah. They are scarred from this. And that's that's an interesting bit right there. That they are just, And the Cathalars are trying to help them and, and suck out the sadness, and then they start to realize something's happening, and they're like, oh, my... And they're like, you know, they know that uh, 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 Valinor is in trouble. And now everybody's rushing over there. Yep. And it, it, it's, and we're going to get to it too, but all the Luneth that died over there, all those souls that were in Shayesh and being sucked away as they died, Nagash came with a plan and it involves those and probably other elven souls as well. We're going to, we're going to see as, uh, as the Luneth start trying to fight off a god on their own without their god's help at the moment. Oh, you know, I think we made a mistake because I had read so. this earlier. Um, the the ghoul kings in the mountains. Oh, is that here? That's here. Oh, um, that's right. Archon's fight that he was just fighting with his own his own his own osiarchs and his own bone reapers. I thought because I was ah. like, why am I not finding it? And then I got here. I'm like, oh no 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 no. It's here. That's so right. Because this everybody. is here. Well, I mean, it's not it's not a big deal. The the point is the same. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got generals who are trying to build stuff up, and they need bones. And uh, it, what we said basically didn't happen in Archon's battle. It's happening in the big battle. That's right, because mm-hmm. this starts swinging back and forth, because it's Nagash with... And notice, the Night Haunt were in the beginning, but the rest of this book is basically Bone Reapers. It's mostly yeah. seems to be Bone Reapers. Like, the big battles mm-hmm. mostly seem to be Bone Reapers. Now, I, I guess I, I'm totally contradicting myself, because... Uh, Neferata and uh, and uh, Manfred brought brought regular troops, I suppose. Right. But like the stuff that is actually like big, because 
Yeah, Manfred's battles were like a paragraph apiece because it's like they went in and then they lost, but it doesn't matter because they were just trying <laughs> to take time. But any of these longer things are all these Ossiarch and the and the reshaping of the bones and all that stuff. Um, and and the, they are and, they are Nagash's new toy as far as the Soul Wars were concerned. So. Right, and that's what the the Bone Reapers are coming in force. Okay, and. Um, the battles that raged along the mountain pass were even fiercer than the clashes in Praetorius where Luminath and Asiarch had first matched their blades. This is still happening. The battles are going back and forth as days mm-hmm. of conflict stretched on. The very fortresses that the Asiarchs had raised against the Luminath were cannibalized to create new Mortec Guard because they are learning and they are still they're still burning bodies. They're still right. they're still not allowing any bones to be left behind for them, which is why they have to go and and start using all the ghoul king stuff where they had deals made with them the what gorstein mortavel the aberrant arch regent and bright emperor of the cursed vertiginous peaks a stalwart follower of nagash and would likely yield the bone tithe if needed and they did all that except once again he's like now you know what now you take it we too need much. more <laughs> but we still need more okay then we'll take you all right so um, when Samantos demanded a tithe of the ghouls themselves, he l- reached the limit of his patience. He refused it outright, instead inviting the Os Effector uh, to discuss the matter at the banquet. Um, the Osiarchs attacked the Flesh Eaters. <laughs> Though in their f- haste, they failed to scout the peaks. The battle that followed was bitter, with no quarter asked or given. The Ghoul King closed his talons around Zaramos's throat and ripped his head from his neck. So, yeah, um... The, <laughs> they go there to get they're like no we need the bones we're coming for the bones and the ghoul kings get the better of the bone reapers mm-hmm. and this is making a huge mess for Nagash it's just I mean you, you it couldn't you know oh. and here they're try, it's just it's the worst thing that could happen yeah worst thing and, that it's, and it's and it's and it's it's once again it's falling back and forth back and forth um, and there's some interesting things that happen in here. The Lumineth are giving into despair. Uh, only the Alarith temples found the strength to carry on. And the Alarith temples, of course they are, because they're fighting to save uh, a Valinor. Right. Yeah. And, and, and they don't want to attack Nagash directly because, like I said, the, as I mentioned earlier, the, he has surrounded himself with the souls of elves that they don't want to hurt. Oh, that's right. Which is why, like, they're not fully attacking Nagash. They're attacking his enemies, but no one dares fire any of the magical essences at them, at, at Nagash directly, to stop him. So they're trying to figure out what to do Oh yeah, as, as this is going on. Oh, and talk about some sad stuff going on here, because it's always, it, 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 when you, you know, it, you got all this death happening, but the Yometrican Longhorns, the giant steer and the, the bull the, the, that live on the mountains, as the mountain is crumbling, they're Start, they're getting sick. They're like shriveling up. And the stone mages, like they want to be put out of their misery. And the stone mages are taking their hammers to these things' skulls and putting them mm-hmm. out of their misery, which is just sad because now we're killing animals. Like on top yeah, of everything it, else, <laughs> like, you know? Well, imagine too, like the back whenever the, the Lumineth were first attuning themselves to the mountain, they looked to those you know the longhorns as these eternal beings because they just lived forever as far as they could tell they're functionally immortal it actually says in here somewhere yeah and so, so now they're dying yeah 
which is what they're like, oh, Avalonar's in big trouble. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the and the Elrith are kind of getting a little crazy. Like they are they're so angry right now. Um, and and everyone's like, you know, they're getting a little out of hand. Like they're really angry, and they're like, but there's no Cathalars that are conscious. <laughs> like there's so much sadness and sorrow and uh, around them that the Cathalars have all passed out. Like they can't pull any. They can't do the job anymore. They're exhausted. Mm-hmm. So nobody yeah. is stopping these guys from just going crazy. Uh, and then it says, soon enough, the 77 winds of the great nation heard the call, and they're coming in. So these guys, I mean, everybody's rushing to the battle. Um, and then, of course, Teclis and Nagash are going to fight. Teclis shows up. Um, mm-hmm. I like uh, that he they're fighting, and he's like, you're here. You can stop this even now. It will not go well for you otherwise. Like, Teclis is calm and just irritating him, <laughs> you know? No, no, you're in my home. I, You can't hurt me here. Yeah, it's 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 fantastic. And um, he's sitting there and he's like, you speak, uh, you know, he says something about how I have a legacy. Uh, it will not be you who brings about my demise. Was it not elven magic from which you stole your power when you were a little oh, more yeah. than a fratricidal priest? Because he did kill his brother. <laughs> and he's like, you you did this? You doomed your brother in a former life and blinded him in this one? Perhaps there's a reason he's not here to fight alongside you. My brother fights in his own way, said Teclas, against a foe deadlier than you. There is no such <laughs> being. <laughs> like, there's nobody more deadly than me. Oh, and then, and then the fight starts. Now what what yeah. what about this grabbed your attention? Uh, it, I I love the fact that uh, one Selenar is like this this um, red herring that Teclas offers up to Nagash. Um, Selenar was the first to strike. Heish itself suffered greatly to hands of Nagash, and the realm's true true moon would no longer abide it. So Selenar goes in as if he's just kind of rampaging at Nagash, and Nagash just kind of like baseball swings him away. Yeah he, yeah, he gets like this weird net of death around him, and it yeah. kind of squeezes him, and he pops out of existence. And yeah. That yeah, did and shock me. I'm like, whoa. Yeah, yeah, but that, that, that does come back. But just like, just like the power of the magic, it's almost like, uh, man, whoever did the um, uh, Doctor Strange movie, I'd like to see the the CG version oh, yeah. of this fight going on, like just just pulling each other into different realms and just just. Magic beyond comprehension flying around. But yeah, Selenar gets knocked away uh, and essentially is out of the fight. You can't see my, my, my quote fingers, bunny ears here. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then is it, I believe it's Teclis. He pulls him and Nagash into like a little separate realm of like, yeah. like sub-realm real yeah. quick. It's uh, what suddenly a brilliant line shown from him piercing the pall of negative energy that swirled around his foe. Servant spirits that had been enslaved to Nagash for time immemorial discorporated as the beams of light touched them. They were not sent shrieking back to the realm of death but banished forever. All at once the books orbiting the great necromancer burst into white flame. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's when Nagash screams and it cracks the mountain. And then Teclas covers his ears, and then he brings the spheres of light around him and another one around Nagash, sending out the dark magic that raged around the peaks, silencing the banshee scream of the great necromancer. And then, boom, they're out. Just He just basically pulls him away from all of that. So that 
everyone else doesn't have to suffer because he's basically doing the banshee scream, except he's not a banshee. He's Nagash, and that's going to kill everything. <laughs> it's probably affecting the, all of the metrica. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with that scream, like you know, like little Timmy waking up to go to Lumineth School, like <laughs> wakes up to this scream. Yeah, and so uh, what is it from here? The absolute peace of the void. So he basically takes him out to nothing. He takes him out between the realms. Yeah, and that's kind of that's. Yeah, is, is it that space between the realms, the void? Is that where he takes yeah. him? Yep, that's, and that's, what, that's what, he, what it's called in general. Yep. Right, and that's where he likes to like meditate and stuff like this. But then they've got him in these two separate bubbles, and Nagash pops out of his bubble and into Teclas's with him. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I mean, he grabs him, and they're fighting blade to blade. And uh, he his skin starts shriveling and flaking away because uh, Nagash the, the 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 death energy around Nagash and his weapon is just starting to dissolve Teclas. Yeah, Teclas is not uh, doing well in this this part of the fight. I mean, God versus God, but like also let's remember like Teclas between him and his brother, he was also always the sickly one. Now being a god, now I'm sure that's gone. But he was, you know, there's. There's still issues. He's not going to be able to best Nagash in sword fight, I bet. No, he's not the yeah, that would Teclas, I mean uh, Tyrion maybe. Teclas is not going to win this fight. Uh and Teclas just basically says no and and, be, and and shoots lasers out of his eyes, which could mm-hmm. have gone through a mountain apparently, but not Nagash. <laughs> um so then uh Teclas is coughing blood. And then boom, the trans uh, basically Nagash Beats him badly enough that the spell breaks and they're back. And they go, they're back on top of the mountain. Yep. And then Teclas saw a glimmering light from below and took hope. Mm-hmm. It's that thing that we can still win. And then the coolest thing happens because we're in Hish. Remember that. And we're in your. So uh, remember those guys in the beginning that they attacked? Uh, yep, that's back- Settlers Gain. Yeah, Settlers, the guys from Settlers Gain show up. And all of the there's, human... There's been enough time for them to be rebuilt and back to normal. Yeah, so the human mages show up. And this is fantastic. Uh, let's see. Um, the Violent Gale whips up. They had not taken to the task with care. Okay, so they're kind of putting up their mountain. And, oh, this is great. The Bone Reapers have whipped together their little fortress stuff, but now mm-hmm. they're getting bodies, but they don't have time to strip them. Like down to the bone, so they're mm-hmm. just throwing, they're just gutting the corpses, but throwing them up there, skin and all. <laughs> and <laughs> that's so, gonna be, like, oh, it's gonna be so awful to look at. Yeah, so the corpse stuff forming the walls that ring the pink had not even been stripped of flesh. Instead, it was a sickening melange of bone and other tissue, like stacked cordwood. Slain lumineth and ghouls had been piled one on top of another. Cadaver bricks glued together with a mortar of soul magic and gore. So it's like, oh, this is so gross. <laughs> and and, and I, you gotta imagine that's not that's that's gotta be like weaker than normal. They're pr- they're rushing everything right at this moment just to get it done. But the al- but this is people like there's some of their friends are in part of the wall, so they're like stuck at this wall and they don't know what to do. They don't want to like they're they don't want to just start hacking into their old friends. Mm-hmm. So basically, that's when that's when the oh <laughs> then the 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 air guys show up again. And they start blowing winds at it. And then the Mortisons, this was cool. They just flesh crafted their feet right into the wall so you couldn't blow them off the wall. Yeah. Oh, you got to imagine, like, 
being being an Aussie like Bone Reaper, I, mean, I think you know some of the higher up ones probably have some form of sentience. Yeah, just just you, all of a sudden, your commander says you cannot move from this spot, and you're fused to the ground. Like, even as the person who's dead, like that's got to be a little nightmarish. <laughs> right. Uh, let's see. Now this is happening, and everyone okay. Everyone is fighting, trying to get the upper hand. Teclas and Nagash are fighting. The Lumineth and them are fighting against this, and then finally, um, who is it? What happens? They uh, coming up the peak. Yeah, there's, oh. a, there's a glint of the glass of a telescope of aether quartz right atop, uh, the, the the shrines. Oh, let's not forget though. Um, the spirits of the mountain are showing up too, and the spirits of oh, the mountain yes. smack. They just bring up their hammers and they're like, "Screw this wall!" Blam. And they yeah. bust the walls Even Avalonar. Avalonar's yeah. not dead yet. He's still swinging. Uh, what's great is they go smash through, and it looks like the elves have got it now, and then all of a sudden the ghouls swarm forward. Like, they might not have wanted to give the bone tithe to what's-his-name, but that doesn't mean they're going to let these guys go and attack Nagash. They still worship him. So mm-hmm. and one of and the ghoul king actually rips the mask off the one spirit of the mountain, which it just basically you rip the mask off. He's gone. Yeah, just... just goes away which yeah so is, it, yeah which it's like what happens if you do that to like selenar i have no <laughs> idea <laughs> but the, yeah it crumbles so they're actually the ghouls are taking out some of the spirits of the mountain and um like i said all this but then six wheeled contraptions of human construction each an array of focusing lenses not glasses in a telescope but ether quartz so these are ether quartz lenses Mm-hmm. Focusing the light, and uh, but, but but who's who's with them? That's that's where this red Harry well, comes back at play. Well, because it's the light of the moon. Because Selenar is there. Because yes, yeah, because he, he needed to go away to go get them and be the light for their power. Yeah, and he had to, but he so he lets Nagash look like he vanquished him. Mm-hmm. He lets him get the upper hand. He fights him for a bit. Okay, you guys, pop. Oh, I'm gone. Now I'm out of sight, out of mind. You're not wondering when I'm going to, you know. If he runs, Nagash is smart enough to constantly be on the lookout for him. But now that he looks vanquished, so the the light from Selenar himself is now focused through six of these um, these celestial, what are they called? They're not hurricanes. They're the other thing. Uh, the Luminarchs. Yeah, the Luminarchs. So they come through and boom, six Searing lances of lunar energy sliced the air, banishing the gloom. They struck Nagash in the torso, his waist, even his fleshless face, as he fought Teclas above the peak. So this is what happened. So they get the upper hand here, and all of that hitting him, all of them doing that gives Teclas the base. So smiling in triumph, Teclas called forth the residual energy in each ether quartz gem. Worn by every Lumineth present, a thousand tiny beams. So. Mm-hmm. So like, it's just greater, yeah. It's it's because all those little gems are like pure highish light energy, and it's like, it, I he has all like you know like one laser's not gonna do anything, but it's, it's you know it's you get a hundred thousand label lasers shooting at together. That's one big laser. But it's like six cannons, and then a thousand little can you know shots, <laughs> and they're just blasting him, and it, and Teclas is smiling again because he knows he's got it. Um, so. And we've already burned away. Now, he's already burned away the books and all of the ghosts. Mm-hmm. So Nagash is on his own two feet now. 
All right. that stuff on the model is gone besides him. Now he's got the six blazer blasts hitting him. He's got the thousand mini blasts hitting him. And like I said, Teclas, even though he's doing well, let's not forget like he was he was stabbed by Nagash in their little duel. Mm-hmm. He's not doing well, but he knows he's going to win here. And it's just right. like, it, well, it, and, yeah. And the Hishian magic, he knows he can, he, he's going to be okay. Like once he takes care of Nagash, if he ain't dead, he'll be fine. Um, but I like just as he and his fellow elf gods had bound Slanesh, he bound Nagash, forcing the death god down and down again until he was lashed to the peak. And then <laughs> the Elementors show up and they just start taking their hammers to him. Yeah, it's just it's like it's just victory lap time, boys. Like, take out your frustration now because he's tied down and it just wail on a god. That's, That's what all they did. Doing. A god was broken that day. His physical form shattered and pulverized. Some amongst the Lumineth claimed to see a black shape, amorphous and strange, escape the prison of light to fly north in the direction of the black pit. But which uh, we can we can assume is the essence of Nagash going back to reform or whatever. Right, but whatever he does. But they did it. They they just they destroyed his body again. I mean, he was destroyed by um, Archeon. Oh, quite a while ago, and they did it again. But but more importantly right now, so we had at the very beginning of this whole story, Teclas showing Settlers Gain, the humans, that Nagash's forces could be beaded. And then he goes and shows that Nagash's realm can be reconstituted to what it was. Now there's mortals and, you know, that all watched a god of death literally be destroyed. It's like now it's not only can we just win, we can kill a god. And, that's, and that's, they that's helped. Hope. I mean, yeah. when they go home, there's going to be stories sung about these guys. Like these are mm-hmm. these these are tales of legend that are happening right now. That what they're doing through. And then Teclas, the one last thing, does the weirdest thing. Glowing bright with power, he pulled upon the cords of light that had bound Nagash and plucked the ether quartz lenses from the distant luminarchs that were channeling them, hurling the disc high into the sky one after another so that they formed an artificial constellation. With their Ossiarch foes stunned into torpid inactivity by the destruction of their master, the Lumineth watched in rapt attention as the magical lenses were set in the firmament above Hish. Seen from the cosmos, the radiant disc formed a pictogram. Denath uh, Royer, the rune of banishment and sanctity. In that instant, with Nagash exercised and the light of Hish blazing bright across the mortal realms, the lingering deathly curse of the Necroquake was broken forever. So, ne- so he just made Hayish a Death Star. <laughs> he yeah. threw up the lenses, the light of Hayish aimed at Shayish and just said, "All that stuff you did, no, it, it it's it's not happening anymore." And and it and and he and he literally he formed a new constellation. He took mm-hmm. all the lenses, threw them up there, and formed a new constellation that all the realms can see. Sanctity and banishment. He's done. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you get this part with Alariel again. <laughs> Yeah, a little more mansplaining, a little bit more. Although it's it's interesting the uh, at the very beginning, um, where he, the the being stabbed by Nagash's blade has hurt him. I mean, a god's blade hurt, will hurt another god. It's not that he's not right. healed; he just kind of feels it. But when he's near Ilarial, it goes away, which is really it's a nice little tie back to whenever he was uh, back in the old world because Ilarial was a healer, right? So she could help heal him, and you know, before he was able to take care of himself, so. 
And we know Nagash isn't dead dead because she actually says to him, you know, uh, you know, uh, Nagash is not a forgiving God. He will work his vengeance no matter how long he takes. He goes, from his lair in Shayish, perhaps, I've bound him Ooh. there. <laughs> Confining the spider to his web, he will not trouble the other realms for a long time. And I'm just like, oh, yes. Yeah, and there's... And even when she's talking to him, there's going to be a backlash of hope, of progress. Oh, enlightenment? Like, he's just like, <laughs> he's so kind. He's he's a little cocky, but he did just yeah. take down. I mean, let's, I mean, Nagash has been taken down, I think, five times now. Yeah. Because there's three times it. in the old realms, and then he got taken down by Archeon, Ar and now he's been mm -hmm. taken down by Teclas. Yeah, but I love, though, it's like, this is where, like, the, she realizes she's not trying to try and convince him anymore. Like when he says that like of hope of progress or perhaps enlightenment. And she's like of life of me, like me, I'm here. That what that was death. I'm life. We're the opposites. Okay. Not you and him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause she's yeah, yeah. Life follows you death. It's a cycle. Then you should be thanking me. Right. Oh, the realms will, the realms will thank you. I'm sure of it. I love it. She, like, she she definitely goes back into like you know what you you don't you just don't get it but like not what you did is worse but you just don't get it there's bigger things to come yeah i mean it's really cool and it's really fun um you know what let's let's take a one last uh quick break and when we come back i just want to talk about now we're not going to go into all of the all of the the rules. I'm actually not going to go into the stuff about the Lumineth at all because I'm just going to cover the book over again because there's new lore in there and there's a whole bunch of cool stuff and there's a lot of interesting things in here. Um, and like I said, covering all of this, I would just have to co cover it anyway. Um, what I think is interesting, is I just and I'm going to cover a few interesting parts, but one of them is one part of the campaign because it was one of the more interesting battle plans that I've read in a while so we'll cover that when we come back and then we'll wrap up the show the sky screamed the stony ground shuddered stale black Gore drifted from a vortex of death magic that swirled around the peak of Mount Avalinor like a dark crown. Here was the great sacrifice Nagash needed to power his theft, not a mortal soul, but that of a living mountain. Its end would be enough, that much Hish itself knew, and had spoken through the wisdom of Selenar. If Avalinor died, what other peak could hope to survive? Teclis narrowed his eyes against the whipping wind as he descended like a spear hurled from the vaults of heaven. He pierced the storm of deathly energies around the peak, magic funneling into a cyclone around him. He did not need the witch sight to pick out the monstrosity within. Lit from below by amethyst light, Nagash was the stuff of nightmares given gargantuan form. And so you come at last. The god of undeath spoke without turning, hands still buried in the stone of Avalinor, as if the mountain were made of clay. You can stop all this, even now, said Teclas. It will not go well for you otherwise. Everything but Nagash himself must end, 
The skeletal figure turned, his eyes blazing emerald green against the purplish pall of deathly energy. Even you, godling. True, I feel. Yet I have a legacy in place, and it will not be you who brings about my demise. Was it not elven magic from which you stole your power when you were little more than a fratricidal priest? You speak of fratricide? boomed Nagash. You, whose machinations doomed your brother in a former life and blinded him in this one? Perhaps there is a reason he is not here to fight alongside you. My brother fights in his own way, said Teclas, against a foe far deadlier than you. There is no such being! Nagash pulled his skeletal claws from the peak of the mountain and spoke a word of power, a trio of purple suns blazing into life around each of his wrists. He hurled them at Teclas, the malevolent orbs forming a deathly meteor shower that blazed towards him. They hit it with full force. Suddenly, the mage god was on the other side of the peak, framed by a nimbus of moonlight with Selenar spreading their wings behind him. In that, said Teclas, you were quite wrong. We're back. We're back. Okay, so... The Broken Realms, there's a bunch of campaign rules. There's streets of death. Mm -hmm. um, fighting the cities. Realms of battle, battle. There's all sorts of interesting stuff here. Yeah, like if you want to fight inside of a city, mm -hmm. um, it's just a really cool, like some basic rules to do that. But yeah, then there's the realms of battle for all the different places we were at. If you want to do some unique realm rules. Yeah, because they have the actual, like they've got the Praetorus. They've got the Roman Shyish where, where, where Teclas fought against the Asiarchs. They've got mm -hmm. uh, Nvidia and Gyran, uh, Yemetrica, yeah, all the I've little spots. I've seen, I've seen Nvidia been popping up a lot in lore the past couple years. I don't uh -huh. know, like it feels like there's something gonna happen there eventually. It's, I just keep seeing that name. Maybe it's just me, but like I keep watching Nvidia. I'm like, Gyran's important. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it has to be. I mean, there's just there's too much going on there between Nurgle and all of that stuff that eventually something's going to happen. Now, what I thought was interesting is there's a whole bunch. Like, if you want to play out the campaign, and there's yeah, we got Nurgle cities, Flesh Eater Courts, Bone Reapers, and of course the second half of Lumineth, which yeah. is the majority of these rules. But uh, there there is interesting things here, especially taking the battalion of. Uh, the one battle mage, which is the named guy, uh, a Luminarch and a Celestial Hurricane, and just getting to blast things with it. Mm -hmm. um, they also have, uh, battle, if you want to play in uh, Settler's Gain, you can get battle traits for that. And I love that in the City Sigmar, like, they give you the symbol of the city every time they add these new cities in, which mm -hmm. is great. More yeah. cities, the better. But I just like, it's like, here's a symbol painted on your weapons and your shields if you want. Like, that's just, it's a nice little added detail. It's really nice. It's great. But the the one thing I want to touch on is this one battle plan. And there are, wait, there are one, two, if you want to play out this campaign, one, two, three, four, five, there are six of these. And the last battle, the sixth battle, is Teclas versus Nagash. Now, Clash this, of Gods. Now, this is a huge battle. 
This is pretty cool. One player is the Teclas player. The opponent is the Nagash player. The Teclas army must use a Yametrica army that has Teclas as its general. It must contain the following units and battalions, okay? Mm-hmm. Teclas and Selenar, 20 Yametrica units, one allied Zintil Ward Magi, which is that battalion, and mm-hmm. two allied Collegiate Arcane units. So you've got like, tw- you got to have 20 some odd units. Mm-hmm. So it's you have quite a few. Yes. Then the other army is Nagash, 20 Mortis Praetorian units, one allied Mortvel Hellcourt, and two Crypt. Crypt Ghoul units. So you've got all of this happening. So you set up Teclas and Nagash within three inches of each other at the center of the battlefield. No other units can be set up within three inches of them. Okay? Then the Nagash player sets up their army. All the Flesh Eater Court units are in reserve. All Asiarchs must be on the table. Okay? Then the Teclas player sets it up, except for the Collegiate Arcane there in reserve. The Venari and Sinari units are on the t- Alarith are are in their territory. So you got all the all the all the different but the you got the guys who showed up late, they stay off to the side. Mm-hmm. Um, then you can bring in reinforcements later. Here's the interesting part. Struggle of Titans. No units can move within three inches of Teclish or Nagash during the battle, even when making a charger pile in. Teclas and Nagash cannot move, attack, cast spells, or use abilities or command abilities, and they cannot be picked to be the targets of attack, spells, abilities, or command abilities. Any wounds inflicted upon them are negated, and they cannot be slain. You don't actually use them. Mm-hmm. They're just the centerpiece of this battle. Right. And But you win the battle when one of them dies or gets thrown away. How does this work? At the end of each battle round, each player rolls a die. Each player adds one to their roll if more enemy units than friendly units were destroyed during that battle round. Each player adds one to their roll if there are more friendly wizards than enemy wizards on the battlefield. Which, good news for the Luminous side. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of the, wizards. The Teclas player adds one to their roll if there are more friendly models than enemy models. The Nagash player adds one if there are more friendly models than enemy models within 12 inches of them. So whoever has more models gets a bonus. So it really depends on the battle around them, just like it did here. You know, as if you've got guys, the more guys fighting on your side, the more power you get. If a, so whichever player rolls higher, if one player rolls higher, the enemy general is weakened. If he's already weakened, they're stunned. If they're stunned, they're cast down. The player that casts down the enemy general wins a major victory. So this almost reminds me of the old Power of the Wah back in 6th and 7th edition where when you had so many mo- so many units, like they, mm-hmm. they increased your power. Right. So you just take all of this, and at the end of the round, the, the, these guys sway the battle for you and for who gets the upper hand. But you never actually use the two models, which does keep you from just because these two models get so cheaty. <laughs> well, I, also, it's like it's they're 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 gods in this epic battle. You don't want to get in the middle of what they're doing. Right. They're busy. They're and fighting. You can't, you yeah. can't touch them. Yeah, they're fighting, and nobody else is cutting near them. And it, it said that in the whole battle, when when Teclas was attacked, he fought twelve battles at once, and it, it actually raised an eyebrow because there was like, oh, <laughs> I got to stop and think. And Nagash is just just tearing through everything that he got near. So I just thought this was an interesting to have those two models on the table. But the rest of the battle around it configures it, and it doesn't. It, it's not like those. Two, 
because you know how much everyone would be trying to take them out first, and it was just like no, oh, yeah. nobody, none of the little, none of the little guys are going to actually take them out. None of their spells, none of their magic is going to take these two out, but their efforts on the battlefield will tip the scales. I thought it was a really cool battle plan. I really liked it. Right. No, there's one thing I'd say if you're going to play this, uh, I think I would do uh, if I get a chance to play this with any of my local friends. Um, I would also make that that bubble that they're in that you can't go near. You also can't shoot through. Yes, even if you're Illuminati, I know they can shoot over, but like just make it like this impactful piece of terrain too, just to make the battle a little bit more fun. Because you don't want to accidentally shoot your god. <laughs> so why would That's you shoot true. an arrow over him? Interesting. Interesting, yeah, and that's and that's well, and you can totally do that because who's yeah. going to stop you? It's have fun. This is a game, guys. Exactly, <laughs> and gals. All right, so that is that's Techless. That's the book. Oh, I can't. Okay, what are they going to do in third? Like, I mean, how are you even going to? Oh. <laughs> I, I I mean I'd like to think that I could still play with my Nagash or my Tech my my Archon models, but. I mean, listen, we, we just got to wait. If you're playing the gash right now, that's fine. You just have to rip off all nine books, all right? <laughs> like, we got to WYSIWYG it. <laughs> Throw them in the bin. I can't believe he got beat again. I, I, and, and Archon the Black is dead, I think. He, he got he got beat. Well, I mean, Archon can't come back till Nagash came back. So how long is it going to take for Nagash to come back? Now, obviously, in stories, they could just jump ahead to whatever. I mean, who, who knows what will happen? But yeah, like we've not seen any beings get this obliterated in a long time. And the Necroquake's over. Yeah, I don't know if the the inversion of the realm of death has been fixed or not. Like that was kind of unclear. It's kind of like an interesting. I doubt like, it. Since you still have the Shyish Nadir happening at this point, and you still have the the Black Pyramid inverted. Like channeling all this, yeah, but like that last bit where like the the new constellation comes in and and undoes the necroquake. It's like, well, does it undo that? I wanna say, I'm with you. I kind of want to say no, but like, does it weaken it? Like, what 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 happens with that? Well, remember the necroquake was the result of the spell gone wrong, and it just did that ripple. Now those ripples have subsided, but oh, I think okay. that thing is still happening. Okay, I'm, I'm for that. That's, that's I, my guess. I keep it interesting. Well, now, because now when this, uh, you know, uh, Bellacor's next, and then there's another one after that, and then, the, you know, the rumors are we're going to start seeing the next edition, and what's going to happen with that? Like, endless spells are still happening, I'm assuming, you know? I, I mean, mean, they want to get rid of models that still sell. Well, right, They're still exactly. making them for armies. Exactly. I mean, every army's still getting endless spells, so. Yeah, it just, it's, it's I, I'm, when you move the story like this, it really makes me stop and go, okay, well, okay, I see where the story is moving, but what's now, now I'm even more curious to see what's going to happen than before because this is a huge change. Um, I guess we're going to wrap it up. And uh, Chuck, thank you so much for coming on. It was, it was an honor to be here. Thanks for having me on, Dave. <laughs> I, I'm really thrilled to be on. <laughs> no, I'm, 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 I am glad. And, um, you know, and, and hopefully we'll get a chance to bring you back on at some point. Um, because I'm always I'm always looking for someone to talk to. Because me talking by myself is never a good plan on this show. So you got you got Lindsay. You're you're, you're I got Lindsay. It together. Uh, yeah, but apparently nobody else hears her but me, which is never a good sign. But <laughs> I don't know. So, but uh, let's say anytime you want someone to talk about elves, 
nonstop. Let me let me know. I'm happy to come on. Excellent. Wonderful. I'm glad to hear it. But of course, before we go, I want to take a quick moment to once again thank the sponsors of Garage Hammer, Chaos Orc Superstore, Six Squared Studios, and Grognard Games in Roselle, Illinois. Also, once again, thanking our Patreon patrons, the associate producers, Dwight Sims, Christopher Sanders, AJC, Opie and Big Jake, and our executive producer, Colin Miller, and once again, our newest patrons, Scott Valentine and Jamie Reeder. Oh, boy. Thank you all for being part of that 1% that makes everything we do possible. So, folks, folks, I just want to say that until next time, only the faithful will be triumphant, only the faithful will stand when all others fall, and only the faithful know no despair except in failure. An astral mirror shimmered in the void, a godly figure hovering cross-legged before it. To Teclis, the void was a place of meditation and reflection, and other than the archmage's own breathing, the silence was total. He had summoned a twin astral mirror in the lush vegetation of Verdia in Gairan, a medium through which Alariel could speak to him, and now he had only to wait. Teclis had fashioned a spherical garden of sorts around himself, the foliage made of semi-substantial light. He had long practiced putting others at ease by presenting them with the things they expected to see. Make that concession and they were more biddable. It was true even for his fellow gods. A flash of memory came to him, a skeletal visage looming down. The memory of Nagash appearing before him inside his sphere of protection was difficult to dismiss. The hideous apparition had burst into his arcane sanctum with shocking ease. He concentrated on the majestic female figure coalescing in the mirror before him, burning the haunting vision from his mind's eye with the light of reason. Alariel was impressive beyond imagining, and stern. A true goddess, not some distant, abstract power, but one that would fight the forces of darkness with everything she had. This time, at least. You realize what you have done, brother, said the goddess. Her almond eyes were the deep green of a life-giving pool, hypnotizing in their intensity. I understand the ramifications of my success, yes, replied Teclis. You comprehend every aspect of them. And still you consider it worthwhile. Why should I not? It was a costly victory, and not just for Hish. Nagash is not a forgiving god. He will work his vengeance no matter how long it takes. From his lair in Shyish, perhaps. I have bound him there, confining the spider to his web. He will not trouble the other realms for a long time. Are you sure of that? Teclis did not deign to reply. Your old paramour and I thought it wise to lift the cold hand of death from the realms. Do you disagree? It was necessary, as sure as spring follows winter. To achieve it so suddenly, however, was necessary at the time, insisted Teclis. There will be a backlash. Of hope? Of progress? Or perhaps of enlightenment? Of life, she said simply her crystal green eyes seeming to draw him in. Life follows death, just as death follows life, and so the wheel turns. Then you should thank me, should you not? The realms will thank you, of that I am sure, 
Your pact with them has become stronger than ever. The same might not be said of their denizens. Silence stretched between the two gods, the cold of the void leeching away any former warmth. It was pride, of course, that was the chink in his armor, said Teclas. His thoughts were drawn like driftwood to a whirlpool, back to Nagash. They returned there far more often than the Archmage would like to admit. He thought he could defeat Hish itself, banish the Moon Spirit with a wave of his hand, <laughs> just as well. He had to think Selenar neutralized to be blind to the true power of Hish, just as he had to consider the artifice of the humans to be beneath him. He inclined his head just a little. There, I might have helped. How lucky for us all that you Lumineth have so completely overcome your own pride. Indeed, said Teclas, nodding as he stared out at distant Azir. Alariel shook her head. He was being deliberately obtuse, of course, and he took a wry pleasure in her exasperation. But he did not let a flicker of amusement show. And who do you think it was that lent you serenity at the critical moment? said Alariel eventually. Who do you think looked out from the eyes of Lilith in her place atop the lunar staff I gave you myself in a world long past? It was useful, admitted Teclas. He smiled just a little, and I will admit it was likely necessary. A sense of harmony settled upon him, the light flora around him blooming and unfolding to become all the more beautiful. The beauty and strength of such unity might slowly return to the realms, said Alariel, reading his thoughts. Not yet, I fear, he said. We have taken a great step this day and won a signal battle against the Nehekaran. Yet the war against the greater darkness remains to be fought. It was Alariel, then, who tipped her head. I have more ways to fight them than you realize. Then let us go forward together, said Teclas, locking eyes with her once more. He heard a thin, echoing scream in the void and found his gaze drawn to the distant glimmer of Ulgish. Together, there's nothing our pantheon cannot achieve. Let us hope that you are right, said Alariel. And if we are found wanting, let us hope that the realms themselves will heal from their wounds. Until next time, old friend. She reached out touched delicate fingertips to the rippling surface of the mirror and was gone.